This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, I'm joined by the cherubic Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, yes, I am naked, but for a loincloth, yes. (laughs) Curly pre-Raphaelite hair. Yes, that would be lovely. But not on your head. I say, they're very much my loincloth, aren't they, now? You can see under my loincloth. Yeah. Aren't they very much out of fashion now, pubes? Yeah, you're supposed to get your razor off down there, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. for those porn shots. Manscaping. That's it. Yep. Um hello everybody. Hello, Chidge. All right. My daughter's come to say goodnight. Good night, my darling one. Oh, she is. Hello. Hello. She's lovely. Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> lovely sorry sorry everybody at home sorry, sorry. anyway uh welcome anyway. to tonight's edition of play yeah. school and uh through the square window i have jonathan kidd and uh Hello, who, we, who do we have in the other square window jonathan? oh we have that remarkable man who i think hasn't been on for ages and eight years and years who's going to be a surprise for everybody listening to it is of well, course my... grocer jack himself it is of course the fantastic good night chaps it is, of course, the fantastic, uh, the uh, the percussive, the uh, immensely interesting, the uh, always loquacious, Mister Tony Glover. Oh, I love that! Oh, I oh, I love that, Jonathan. Loquacious, and then to come in with the uh, the boxing announcer, the American boxing announcer. Although I'm pretty sure they probably do it in our over here now. Um, intro well, that, that, that's that's giving me a little lift i don't mind telling you ah, there we go yeah. not so like i've got a dog next to me tonight 
Bertie. The other one's upstairs under the bed covers because obviously people are letting off fireworks. Oh, so you're joking. If we get a, if we do get an outburst of panic barking, I shall mute you, uh, mute me as soon as possible. All right, but he's very. Is very that Bertie? Trembling. Is that Bertie? That's, that's Bertie. There. there Hello, he's, Bertie. Hey, Hello, mate. There he's you go. cute. He's a lovely looking dog, isn't he? There we go. My arm now. So it's like um, uh, animal, animal, what's it? And uh, play school uh, so far. We're doing quite well. Um, This is the Chelsea Fancast, just to remind you. And uh, on tonight's show, we are going to be reviewing the Chelsea Blackburn Rovers game in part one. Uh, No doubt JK will give us a pricey of the presser today, which has caused a bit of ruction, judging by my look at Twitter before we came on air. Part two, we've got the opposition view with a Spurs supporter. And in part three, guess what we'll be doing? We'll be previewing Spurs versus Chelsea. It's always pretty simple. On the With Chelsea- our selections, Chidge. I know, ooh, yeah, ooh. my team selection's in there. But it's always pretty simple on the Chelsea fans on a Friday night. You know exactly what you're going to get. So there we go. Or as actually, I, I read this out. Um, this will be the second time you're going to hear this on the show. I'll explain why later, but I won't read the whole uh, message out. But I got I got a lovely message from my mate Matt, who uh, I spent the whole of the afternoon after Brentford drinking with. And he said, uh, love the, he said, love the podcast, make some very good points raised while talking bollocks. The perfect combo. <laughs> and I thought, well, that, that's, that, that is us. We, we, uh, we try and mix a huge amount of bollocks with the occasional chat uh, about some sense in the football. So there we go. Uh, right. right uh, quick reminder, as always, uh, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live. Every uh-huh. Monday and Friday at approximately half past seven or sometimes even eight. But it depends on how we feel. We have, we, what we all do is we all, we all sit around here, you know, with candles and uh, weird <laughs> kind of uh, triangular type things on the floor. We chant, don't we, Chich? We, we, yeah, we, we do a tantric chant. And then when we feel the vibe is right, we start the show. That's, that's yeah. the, God's honest truth. Yeah. Anyway, when we do go on air eventually, uh, you can find us on Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixlr dot com and if you do that you can join in uh with all the other people that are in there and there's always honestly i try, kid you not great bunch of people in there Man, many of them are also in our discord group uh and our patreon group which are kind of two of the same really um and and they they're lovely people they took a lot of sense and we tony's in there i mean how about this we've actually i mean tony's tony does this all the time he's on the show and he's in the mixer chat room at the same time but not only is tony in there we have yeah. two other Chelsea fancasters in there, don't we, Tony? Got we do. We have uh, the lovely Dean Mears um, and the lovely Mark Meehan. There we go. And they're both in there tonight saying hello and, um, uh, you know, generally, uh, and, and, and increasing the general levels of bonhomie. It is indeed. It's like a show. Can I just ask Dean a question there. Could, could he send Chidge uh, the password to uh, the ex Twitter account? Because uh, um, I can't make it work. There we go. We can even do services like that, thanks to Mixler. Yeah. But it is it sounds like it's a show within a show within a show. It's that complicated. Anyway, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. You can listen and subscribe on ACAST, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms and also the rubbish ones. And of course, you make gotta make sure you leave us a stonking, glowing, sexual five star review. So there you go. Ooh. There we go. Better late than never, JK. Right. So, um, as we all know, uh, I was unable to attend on uh, 
Wednesday night because, of course, I have to work uh, until about seven o'clock on a Wednesday, which makes it impossible for me to attend. Uh, the bummer is that you you can't even watch it on the telly because it wasn't televised live. I had to listen. I listened to Cundy, a Cundy, and I, I think it's Gary, Gary something. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I listened to Cundy commentating, which is always quite amusing. So I did have a clue. I, d- I listened to it live the whole way through, so I kind of knew what was going on. Aye. Uh, J- JK was there. Well done, JK. Were you were you there, Tony? No, but I have a um You have means to watching it live that we can't I repeat do. on air. Exactly. Okay, well, yes. that's good to know. Um, I mean, my first uh, thought was that it was really nice uh, to see... Re, uh, sorry, my dinner's repeating. It's really, it's really nice to see Reese James back starting. Uh, judging by the commentary and the highlights that I saw, he looked because I mean J.K. and I were talking about this the other week, Tony. Yeah. Um, but uh, J.K., you know, we were saying, weren't we? Every time we've seen him come on, he's looked a bit not like Reese James. But I actually yeah. thought uh, J.K. He does look like Reese. He did look like Reese James on Wednesday. Is that am I right? He did. He looked a little bit more like him. He does, unfortunately. Um, uh, I, I videoed him a few times because I'd stick something up on TikTok, like 28 seconds of whoever, 28 seconds. Of, I got that from my daughter. It took 10 seconds of of uh, Conor Gallagher just walking towards the touchline. And she said, put that up. And I got 10,000 hits. I thought, oh, OK, I'll do a bit more <laughs> of that. Then. So I just do little sections and occasionally wander over for a drink or whatever, and I get them and get that. But um he does stroll about a lot still. And I think according to the press conference today, um, he's not sure he'll start because he said he got tired after 15 minutes, said Pochettino, which I find slightly alarming because, um, all right, he played, um, and they, and they took him off after 75, whatever it was, because he clearly was flagging. But, you know, he may be a kind of, you know, a, a, he's like a, a, a highly... Um, tuned colt you have to only run at certain times or he's a he's a um uh an opera singer that you know he he really does a couple of performances and has to rest for a month but it doesn't it doesn't quite fit in with um what you expect from supposedly one of the world's best right backs which is how Pochettino described him and all right it's very tentative and they're worried that he they, apparently it's the it, he gets injured if he over overdoes it in the following game or something, as far as I could work out, and you're thinking, yeah, but but is he that is he that feeble? Is he is it? Do they have to absolutely coax him back into playing regular ninety minutes? I mean, all right, he he did a couple of very you miss his centres. He did a fantastic centre in the second half that um, uh, um, that everybody missed, of course, as is everybody's won't, and uh, um, and he was involved in a terrific. Another fabulous Palmer moment who then set him free and he gave it to Sterling. And I thought that's a great combination if that can work. Um, but he is he is still tentative. And I know he's getting better, supposedly, but we're still not seeing anywhere near the finished. The, the, the answer not, is he's not he's not back yet. No. Yeah. And yeah, you've you've preceded what you can fact could have said. I could have said, at the, yeah, he's not back yet. And that would have been a summation of what you could I have just said. said. Yes. Yes, and we can all go home in ten minutes. That'd be great. Yes, exactly. It? Well, in fact, the show—if we did that, change the show, show could be about fifteen minutes. Which is where's the people, fun in that? Would, yeah, exactly, exactly. We've got to prevaricate and dance about a bit. But I'm—I um, don't think. It, well, he, he sort of was tentative in the press conference about whether he'd play or not um, from the beginning. I just find it a bit. 
let's put another yeah. spin on this you know before yeah. i bring tony in um he's he's had a, a i mean you know we moan about like stink it's about the, the number of injuries yeah. he's had one wonders if they're having an accumulative effect you know i i, I would i would rather they coaxed him back in gently you know giving him 60 minutes than or, or you know building it up until he's he's not only you know fit and not fearful of getting injured again but also he's match fit because there's a massive difference between you know yeah. being fit and match fit in fact daryl on mixler said that he, he his first touch was a bit off and he looked a bit rusty which is understandable he hasn't played a lot of football recently so so i think i think we need to kind of balance it out with that maybe tony i don't know what do you think i think and i've just seen what um, mark's put in there i don't think he's match fit yeah um i don't think you have injuries and absences and, and look we've been guilty of in the past of bringing back players too early and watching them well limbo. Rich James for one yeah, yeah. And, and I could argue Ben Chilwell mm. um, Fafana um, you know there's players and you think why don't you just like Mourinho didn't he Mourinho used to just basically tell him to bugger off I don't want to know anything about you until you're fit to play right so you're not part of the first team. You're not part of the first team squad until I get it back from the from the physios, etc. That you are fit. Now people go, "Oh, it's a bit harsh, isn't it?" Whatever, because it shows a sort of like um, you know non uncompassionate way of, of dealing with players. But in a way, he was right. Get go away. Get yourself better. I had a boss of mine when I was having a few issues at work about probably about fifteen years ago now, maybe even twenty years ago, and he basically said. Go home. You're no good to me like this. That was it, you know. And I, I, I see that a bit. So you know, I'd rather we did the bit by bit, the the softly, softly catchy monkey thing, bringing back a bit by bit. I still don't think he looks particularly fit uh, or match fit. I don't think he's actually mentally match fit either. I don't think that that kind of bastard, horrible edge that you need to be a player at that level, where you need to be kind of ruthless and and. And hard. Uh, uh, I don't think that's quite back there yet either. Mm. You know, he's had too much time to think. He needs to get back into that um, switching into being a footballer mode for ninety minutes. And um, was, yes, but... both both right, and I was wrong, and I'm too hard on him, and I'm a fault. No, no, I don't. I don't think we're no. saying that at all. Because no, I, I think you're, I, I'm actually backing up what you said, Jonathan. I think you know at times he looks very good, um, but I, you know my worry is is if he if he's only fit for sixty minutes, he's patently not match fit. Patently not match fit. You saw what he was like against Arsenal, um, arguably against Brentford. I, I had a bit of a, 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 a ding dong with somebody on Twitter who said he was fantastic. Well, I said no, he wasn't. They said oh, he put plenty of crosses in. I said to who? What did that mean? You know that, that it, it's an overall performance thing. You know as well as I do. When you're at the game, you you see more. You see the off the ball stuff as well, right? Which you don't see on the TV. Um, and I want him back. I want that snarling bastard Reese James that we had before. The one that um, I can't remember who it was that said that he was the toughest player we'd come up against, you know, in, in defence. Someone, Vin- Vinicius. Uh, was it? Yeah. Vinicius. That's, that's what I want cleaners. back. Yeah. I don't think that's too much to ask. I think Pochettino's playing it very carefully, and that's correct. Yeah. Listen, I, I just think. I, I, I just want to know. You know, it, it was he. I think J.K. knows this. And I know you watched it on, bo- on the box, Tony, but we know that's slightly different. J.K. was he still tentative? Yes, yes. Was he less tentative than he was previously? Yes, less. Okay, yeah. well, that's going in it, the right direction. But he just he's 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 just looking as if he's strolling about a bit, you know. Mm. 
Okay. He's not quite going into the tackle. He's not quite. He's it's slightly on tiptoe. It's all a bit, you know. I mean, it, I he was on the other side um, for the first forty-five minutes. So, and he, and he played for was it fifteen minutes before he was taken off in the second half. But uh, he's he's sort of putting in a shift. But I'm not looking at him thinking this is the great Reese James. You know, which is what we used to do. We well, used to think he's the, one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah. He, the very fact that they're, they're talking about even Pochettino said. You know, he's a world-class fullback. He is, and, uh, but he's not you know, fit yet. Which we know he is, and he's not performing at that level well, yet. Because he's not so fit. It was, like, it was because they were playing, they weren't stretched heavily playing against Blackburn. So it was the perfect opportunity for them to give him a go. And I felt he was more engaged than he had been in either of the other two games that yeah. he played when yeah. he came. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, he couldn't have been any less engaged than he was against Arsenal. Let's move no, it yeah, on. Let's, awful. let's awful. move it on. Uh, Badia Shield. J, uh, JK's favourite song. Um, yeah. With the wrong accent. Yeah. He gets so wrong cross accent. about it. It's so funny. It's Badia Shield. <laughs> Badia Shield, not Badia Shield. Badia Shield. Anyway. I thought he did well. He scored a goal, obviously, which was important because, as we know, you know, the problem that we, we have is if we don't score first, we sit there biting our nails to the quick, waiting to be mugged off. But. Uh, so Badia Shield opened the scoring. And I mean, I think we'd been pretty much, you know, we'd been knocking on the door for all the game. That's not really what I want to ask, although do feel free to comment on, on whether you felt he did well or not. What's... I thought he did very well. Good. He's, okay. Well, hang on a minute. Hang, on, hang on a minute. Let me ask the question. The question yeah. that I want to ask is um, he was playing with Dezazi because they rested silver. And of course, these two played have played together since youth football, haven't they? And I'm just wondering, maybe this is our future centre-back pairing, JK. Um, Desazi, mm. I, I think the jury's out on Desazi, who um, uh, I think it's too too soon yet to make judgments because he's a very decent player. But he was absent when um, for the first Brentford goal was asleep completely. Um, he he tends to try and play the the Palmer chip into the penalty area, and it always goes out for a goal kick. So uh, and he's always holding his head, so you know, and apologising to everybody, so you know what he meant to do. So he means well. Um, he's an enormous unit of a man. And you think if he could make it all work, he'd be perfect for the Premier League and everything else from then on. Um, so I, I think it could very well be partnership of the future. But then that means what happens to Colwell? Well, he, um, he's playing left back at the moment, isn't he? Well, he left back, yeah. But I, I, I think if he plays four, he's unlikely to play more than two centre-backs, isn't he? He'll play the two plus have the two's full-backs. So whoever that is, uh, Chilwell and, and James, one presumes for the future. Um, but um, yeah, it's good to have three, or excuse me, they've got four very decent centre-backs. And if um, Fafana comes back, if he ever comes back, you've got five. And similarly, if uh, mm. um, if Chalabar comes back, you've got you know another one to choose from. But for me at the moment, the, as you say, the fact they've been playing together for a long time makes them... Um, it makes it makes for a great you know great positivity about them but i feel at the moment um i mean but it once again we're playing blackburn you know and uh um he made a terrible error in the last minute disaster when he fell over allowing their their bloke to um get up to uh sanchez and shoot and sanchez made a terrific save sanchez is a really good good uh, shot shot stopper very good indeed um so he, he's got the odd rick in him and at the moment i I'm I'm intrigued that um, to see what would happen because I think in fact he could easily play Colwell, Silva and um, and Badia Shield at the weekend. Um, it would mean playing one of them out of position, but uh, 
Uh, let's see. Let's see. I, I, I'm not sure that that's going to be the final selection if, as a partnership if Dizazi's always got an error in him. So uh, Dizazi, is he into the valley as Mark likes to call him or is he, I like calling him Dizazi. Is he Dizazi or Disaster, Tony? He's Dizazi. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, um, look, everyone has a little bit of an off game um, from time to time. John Terry used to. Um, you know, never, uh, never. Uh, well, I mean, I remember watching. Uh, I, I can't remember when, did, we lost, when we did. lost to Arsenal five three, and, he fell and over, didn't he? Danced through him, yeah. And uh, well, that was so, that was because AVB was being a bastard and making him play a high know, line he, when his legs he still had gone. made mistakes. And uh, you know, we, we're all very brilliantly selective about our memories. Um, I actually think Dizarzi looks great. I like him. I like the fact that he's big. I like the fact that he reminds me of Rudiger. But bigger, mm. and um, you know, I, I, I think he's got a, a, a very bright future with us. I do see Badishil and Izazi as the centre back pairing. I genuinely do. I think Fafana, when he comes back, is a far more versatile player at the back um, uh, than than both of those. I love Badishil's. Um, I don't know how to describe it really, but he's got an aura of calmness about him, which belies his age in some way or other you think i don't know how old i can't remember how old he's he's a young and no um you should not be that cool calm and collected um and whatever and i love him i think he's fantastic when he came in last season i, I thought he was going to be another papages whatever <laughs> um you said, said papages then mate <laughs> yeah or, or another kind of babarama one of these players you'd go well whatever happened to that geezer um, and then Badishil just looked so solid, so calm, so measured, and um, and I think that's a, a key a, a, a key factor for yeah, any. I think he's a good player, mate. Yeah, I do yeah. as well. So you know the the fact that we've got Chalabar and we've got Fafana and uh, Silva, and potentially we got we got six or seven players at the back. That's a good problem. Yeah, That's no, I, I agree. You want depth, don't you? And I mean, yeah. I, what, what I would say about Dizazi, I agree. I think he he switches off. He's got the odd rick in him. But I think I, I, I you know, I think we have to remember a lot that we are dealing with raw young players. We are not dealing with the finished article here with most of the team. And as I, we we say ad infinitum on this show, mm. you you know, you will get you will you, one thing you won't get from young players is consistency. Right, they'll be yeah. up and down. So we just have to wear that, I think. Jonathan's kind of... I don't know what he's doing. What are you doing, JK? Uh, I was uh, attempting to um, look something up on the internet, but I failed. Oh, what were you trying to look up? A piece of information about uh, Badia Shield. Okay. But, uh, uh, and Izazi. I want you to see where they played together. Monaco, I believe. Ah, oh, was it indeed? All right, okay. Are they both at Is it either Monaco or Marseille? Somebody on, they on Mixler. They've known each other since they were 12. Yeah, yeah. Mon- uh, well, somebody on, oh, really? Somebody on Mixler definitely will know. But I think it's Monaco or Marseille. One of the- I tell you what, it was a French team. That makes sense. Yes. Now, um, <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed, it does. There we go. We tell- it's Badia Shield, not Badia Chile. Exactly. We tell it like it is on this show. There's no mucking around here, mate. Anyway, um, JK, we've got to say, Palmer was outstanding again, haven't we? Yeah. He's a Fantastic. player, isn't he? Fantastic. It, 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 it was a wonderful moment where 
if you remember where he was just standing about on the halfway line and the ball got past him and he then was he was like I mean if we talk about Mudrick being quick he's very quick as well um got to the penalty area um slid the ball left deceiving his op, the oppo then put it right again then left him in a in a puddle of his own sweat and then blasted the ball at the goalkeeper who <laughs> made a very good save actually and it went over the bar and but he's he just got these lovely little moments doesn't he where he he puts people in where you 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 don't think there's a pass to be be made and he makes it and he um he's just really really skillful he's he's a top player he's a really top player and I, you know they've got one top player they now need to buy some more and they now need to put certain players. 10 10 maybe would be a good idea no, no i'm joking yeah yeah but no but just with we're talking about you know being having a playmaker well there is a playmaker there and yet he then he had him playing at center forward on a couple of occasions when he moved them around then he had him playing right wing then he had him in the 10 spot he can play in all of them. He's very, very versatile. What is he? Nineteen? Is he only nineteen? I reckon, isn't he? I Fuck think me! So. I've got oh, armor. Is yeah, I think so. I've got yeah. I've got fucking socks older than that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're just gonna. I'll tell you what. We're just gonna say Palmer is absolutely fantastic. So we don't have to mention it again this season because I think we could yeah. say it, we'll be saying it every week. Uh, now. Yeah. Uh, Jackson uh, got selected. Oh. Uh, by the way, I almost got the team right, even with all the mad changes I'd done. I think I got three wrong. One of them was I didn't have Jackson starting. I thought it might be worth giving Washington a punt. But fair play. I mean, I think I think Poch, you know, again, I didn't expect him to do this, but he did put a strong team out. So it tells us that his in, in, intent is quite clear. Now, poor old, poor old Jackson. He is undoubtedly not a striker, although I, I'm, I'm led to believe from the people who were there that he did move about a lot more than he did the other day against Brentford. But he is, he is a, he's a winger, I think, at the end of the day. So why they, why they bought him as a striker? Although, of course, there's the idea that they bought him to play off uh, Nkunku, didn't they? I think the biggest problem with Jackson right now is not that he's, uh, you know, indeterminately shit. It's that his confidence is lower than a snake's belly, Tony. Um, it's worse than that. Um, okay, I think you can't get much lower than a snake's belly, mate. No, you can't. I, 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 but I'm, I'm questioning his ability, as well as that. Um, uh, if you're not very good and your confidence is gone, then, um, you know, let's put it this way: we all thought Timo Werner wasn't very good. I didn't. I thought he was very I good. Love, I love Timo, but he couldn't but get he, cow's ass with the banjo. No, but his confidence never went. No, his it didn't. Yeah, he he, he got he got the yips, but it wasn't through a lack of confidence, was it? Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about Jackson. Um, I don't want to write a player off in his first season because I would have done the same with Cucurella and and look at the bloody turnaround in him. Uh, but I do worry about Nicholas Jackson in the sense that uh, uh, he doesn't. He never makes the runs. I mean, against Brentford, he was just dreadful. You know, I mean, we might as well have had um, a blind Bambi on ice playing for us. It was just rubbish. There was just not one worthy contribution from the man for the entire time he was on the pitch. Now, we could all see this. Um, I don't know why Potch couldn't, because, you know, he kept, he kept him on. When we were all saying, get him off, put, you could have put Sterling back in the middle like you had against Arsenal, where at least then you had um, someone to aim at and someone who might have, uh, might have run them. But the other thing I, I can't get around about Jackson is, unlike Costa, unlike Drogba, he creates zero chances for himself. None. 
right. But he's not a striker, Tony. That's my point. He's a winger. Well, play him as, stop playing him as a striker. Well, that, that, who have we got at the moment? This is the same old fucking problem. Yeah, you, you, you haven't painted a very good picture of him, Tony. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I haven't because I, 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 and I'll, I would love him um, to have to me. Eaten we, an, we want them all to succeed. I agree with you. Yeah, we, I, I'd, I'd love him to have me eaten an assortment of hats next season. As, as, uh, and I'd love to hear the noise of the humble pie lorry as it pulls up outside my house, yes. um, with a big sign on the side saying "Humble Pie" for those people who slagged off Nicholas Jackson in his first season. Yeah, great. Nice. I'd, I'd, I'd go. Okay, then um, I admit it. But right now, um, uh, when his confidence is on the on the ground, when his talent appears to be fairly minimal. Um, uh, in in the goal scoring department, I'd put Sterling in the centre. We've got other options. We've got other options. Um, we've had a, a slightly reformed Sterling this season. He's been much better than he was. Put him in the middle. I, I, I prefer a big striker, of course, but we haven't got one at the moment. Um, we don't know how far in Kunku is going to be till he comes back. But right now, you are. I think you're in danger of burning this guy out because, um, like I said, confidence low. Talent appears to have, you know, fucked off out of town with him, and. Um, I wouldn't have him near. I wouldn't have him starting against Spurs. No way. No. I, well, no way. all will be revealed later. Yes. Um, I was going to. Me- I mean, by all means, J.K. Opine about uh, Jackson. I mean, you 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 gave him the run through on Monday, didn't you? Really? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think, as Tony said, he, he'd obviously paid slight attention to Shearer because he moved around. He a did, bit didn't more. he? Yeah. But, you you um, sit in the fan by actually, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he, but um, there was a dreadful moment where. Palmer had a go at him for just standing around, and you could see that there was there's they he doesn't quite know what he's doing, and they didn't know. And he then ran aimlessly into a kind of space, and sort of then stood there, and then got the ball delivered to him in the penalty area, and his first touch was useless. It bounced off him and just went to the defender. Mm. I, I thought there's this is not the man we saw in pre-season, who um, you know had immaculate control. Ran at people with expertise and skill, oh, and scored, that, scored some, some good goals. So tells me his head's gone, J.K. Completely, absolutely, head's gone, head's gone. And it, unfortunately, then you know you've got a Kesman situation because that's yes. what happened to Kesman. Yeah, yep. same thing happened. He kept he kept miscontrolling the ball because he was so worried. And you're not you're not going to get it back by putting him in the firing line like that. No, no, no I. I I think I don't know how they do it, but he shouldn't start him. Well, I no. think I think they have to start Sterling if that's the case. And I hate to say it. I mean, I think what they did against Arsenal worked really, really well. So maybe they think about that. Um, actually, talking which, and I, I I must say this not just because Nathan wrote it, but I I, I wasn't going to talk about this. Um, but uh, because I love Nathan, and he bought me a pint on uh, Saturday. At least I, I think he did. I had so many bloody he did drinks. what Nathan. Well, I think he must have done because I had so many beers bought for me it would have been it's kind of like the odds are that he probably did anyway um is anyone is anyone i was ill when i got home mate (laughs) me anyway sorry nathan it's a joke mate i uh i I spent the entire day on sunday in my pants watching sport and i couldn't really move i was very hungover anyway (laughs) not pretty sight i can assure you um is anyone going to mention connor hitting the first man from the corner carrying on a long line of Chelsea players who absolutely waste goal-scoring opportunities for us and open us up to counter-attacks. I wish they would practice it in training. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I will. And I want to hear what the boys say in a minute. But it's funny that, actually, because, Nathan, I don't know if you, you, you were in the cock at the time, 
but Matt and I were moaning about it in the afternoon. And and actually, one thing we wondered, Matt said this, and uh, it was really quite shrewd, I thought. He said that, you know, it's a fine line. You know, we sit there going, oh, why are you always hitting the first man? There's a sense that what they're trying to do is to get that flick on from the from the near post. Uh, and, and the margins are very fine to do that. So maybe that's why. But I, I would say also that, as, in fact, as I said to Matt, I said, Matt, yes, I see what you're saying. But the last decent corner taker we had was was uh, Graham Lasso, mate. <laughs> so this is not a, not a new problem, is it? Uh, JK, Tony, who wants first dibs? Um, I'd love to agree with you, Chich, that he was looking for somebody to flick the ball onto, but um, uh, to hit the head so it could be flicked on. But uh, on several occasions, it just was headed away by a Blackburn Rovers player with no Chelsea player near it. So I don't know who he was aiming at. Um, and then you have the idiocy of the short corners, which they appear to be incompetent at as well, other than the one where they scored from, of course, where the ball was uh, um, chipped by Connor into the penalty area and the goalkeeper had a complete aberration and just palmed it out straight to um, Badia Shield. But um, it is a mystery, isn't it, how uh, Mason Mount couldn't take them, um, William couldn't take them, um, Every, nobody you're absolutely right nobody everybody hits the first man i was then we're it, we're not alone we're not the only premier league club to do it you just despair of the complete idiocy uh, i mean i would rather the ball just was hit miles up in the air and descended like um as if it just fallen out of the sky rather than hit the first man because it's at least if the ball's miles up in the air then you know i suppose the goalkeeper claims it but at least you haven't then given them the opportunity to start the uh the counter-attack which happened on two occasions yeah. against brentford the first time of course um sanchez saved it and the second yeah. time sanchez wasn't in the goal so yeah. uh, um but yeah it is it is uh it's pernicious isn't it to use a, a, a it word. It, it's ridiculous embarrassing absurd that these professional footballers can't do what most people can do on a Sunday in a Sunday league team, which is to get the ball over people standing on the near post into, into the, the danger area. Yeah, it is ab- right. particularly professional footballers. Yeah. Drive it in. A really good corner taker is like gold dust. Yeah, I mean, of course it is. It's like a long throw, man. Well, it yeah. shouldn't be. It should be just that, yes, like a long throw, as we said. And of yeah. course, Brentford, Brentford scored. One of the Brentford goals, as we've said, was uh, was looking as if they're going to take a long throw and just playing the same thing they played 10 minutes later. It's a short throw, played back to the thrower, plays at the other side of the person in attendance to the long throw. What that fuck that's all about? Why does somebody have to stand near the long thrower? Just don't get near, get away from the thrower and mark somebody. The ball goes to them, they centre it and a goal is scored. You know, I mean, yeah. it, some of these things are crass beyond belief. Yeah. So this is another crass moment, which I just I, I, care of. I, I totally agree. There are things I hate. I, di- I didn't think the corners were that bad. I, I do remember Conor Gallagher getting one wrong against Brentford, but uh, some others, and I'd rather they went too long. There's a saying in golf, never up, never in, right? Which is if you're putting, on the, and you're on the green, and you are putting towards the hole, if you don't hit the ball hard enough, then it's never going to fucking go in. It will never reach the hole, Yeah. So you're better off to put a little bit harder and go past it because you never know you might have got the aim right or whatever. But at least you've given it a chance by getting it up there. If you constantly hit towards the near post and there isn't a fucking player wearing a blue shirt there, 
right? Then then it's never going to... What, what are you trying to do? So I, I abhor this inability to take... The best team I ever... I think it was a 70s Liverpool team um, who, uh, especially in Europe, would just rain these fantastic corners in, um, you know, where, where the, the, the opposition defence were absolutely panicking about, you know, the, the, where this ball was going to end up. Because if you get it in that danger area... You might get a bit of ping pong that falls to one of your players. One of their players might get it wrong. The goalkeeper might miss it. If you don't even reach that, well, you've just wasted it, which is why I detest the short corner as well, because it's telegraphed. I've seen, well, you must have seen that Brentford corner they took at the end of the first half where they played it out, short, played it out, and played it back to the keeper. I mean, even the Chelsea players were looking a little bit what the, what the fuck was that about? They yeah. played it back to the keeper from a corner. And I'm just like, if I was a Brentford fan, I would have been going mad at that. But if I'm a Chelsea fan, I hate it. I hate that. I hate quick free kicks. We've always been haunted by that bloody Terry Henry quick free kick that done us all them years ago or whatever. Um, and I'm like, no, put the ball down, get your team together and, and gather your thoughts or whatever and try and make something happen. Don't just try and pick it up. Oh, we've got to get on with the game. Because you you might pass it. How many times you see him do a quick free kick to a player who isn't fucking ready? Mm. You know, so he got me ranting about that. But honestly, corners, uh, and you're right, it's not just us. In fact, I've got a business idea, Chidge and JK. We should, we should start a business called Corner School, right? Where we charge reasonable sums, like, I don't know, 10 grand a day for professional footballers to come to our ground and fucking learn how to take a corner. Yeah. We could call it, call it, ooh, it's a corner in honor yeah. of JK. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Anyway, listen, boys, I mean, uh, you know, whatever way we look at it, you know, potential banana skin, horrible defeat on the Saturday. We needed to win this. We want to go deep in the competition. It might be uh, a good avenue into Europe. And I, I, I would call that a professional job done, solid win. Don't worry about anything else. Because uh, we never really looked in trouble. Um, and then, of course, about an hour after the game, we draw Newcastle United, who walloped uh, a unbelievably piss-poor Man United, which was hilarious, 3-0. Uh, we got them next. I mean, it's a home tie, which is always what you ask for. Um, it's interesting to see what's going on uh, in social media about it all. I mean, JK, are you worried or are you relishing it? Neither. Um, Interesting answer. Didn't expect that one. <laughs> well, because we don't know what team's going to turn up, do we? We don't know what we're going to get. If if he plays, one of the reasons that the midfield was all over the place on um, uh, against Blackburn was because Casado wasn't playing. So we then had the bizarre situation of Ugachukwu um, attempting Very well to play. Done. Sorry, but that, yeah, yeah, it, no, that, that, that was superb. And of him playing instead of instead of him, and Connor played exactly the same as he did before we'd established the, the three midfielders. Which he suddenly found himself. I thought he's on the fucking right wing again. Yeah, and he's not. What the fuck's yeah. this? What's happening here? Then he was at centre forward. Then the next day he's playing left. He's left back. I just thought this is madness, Pochettino. It's because Caicedo wasn't providing the you know the the, the, the just in front of defence. Um, little nudges and getting the ball. He's a good player, Caicedo. Um, and uh, Moises, as we're supposed to call him, sorry, Moises. Um, and so I felt that was a huge imbalance. And when the three of them play, I mean, Fernandez, 
never stops running. You've got to give it to him in the same way that Connor doesn't stop running. He's he's very, very aggressive. And I think slightly thick because I think he just sort of runs through everything. There's a kind of madness in his eyes. He's like similar. a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, they're absolutely right. Yes, there's something, there's flame coming out of his ears, actually. And I'm surprised that he hasn't kicked people up in the in the air, because I think there is a, there's a villain in him somewhere. Um, but I, 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 I think he's, I think he's, he's yet to, to play his best for us. I think he's a terrific player. And I think, except for his shooting, he seems to consistently get the ball on target, but straight into the goalkeeper's midriff, for God's sake. But um, uh, we, so we didn't see the three. And I think if similarly, well, if we see the three on on Monday, we've got so much of a better chance because they're all good players, and it allows Connor to actually have some kind of consistency um, playing in a role that he's good at. Which, as far as I can see, is he just plays box to box. Whereas suddenly to find him on the right wing again, what that? What's that about? So because that was what was happening before. So um, I, I think um, um, it'll the same with Newcastle. Chidge is if. If he gets all three of them playing, you've got that settled. The defence is pretty settled. I'm I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the defence. I'm happy with the with the midfield. It's just getting the ball in the fucking net with the strikers because Sterling, for all his excellent goal in the second half, still makes ridiculous choices from time to time. You just think you've you've, well, you've run straight at the player again. His consistency is strange. He was terrible in the first half against Blackburn. Second half. Suddenly we got this, we got a, a different player, scores a great goal, actually makes some runs and contributes. So I, I don't know what happens to his head, because once again, it was only Blackburn who were, you know, very championship. It's a very championship side. All right. Good, you know, good on them not playing um, a, a low block and uh, and playing on the break. They just you know wanted to play decent football, as was their what their manager used to do. Thomason, wasn't it? So but um, and, you know, and I wish him luck in the in the championship because they've, they've Newcastle. got some decent skills. But yeah. Yeah, indeed, but Newcastle. I think it's relevant talking about it because, um, um, yeah, I was going off on one, wasn't I? Though? Yeah, but Newcastle. <laughs> no, yeah, not really. Going, going off at an angle, but yeah, um, who knows if he if they've played um, Champions League and a decent game at the weekend, they might be he might play the reserves, which will therefore mean we'll be playing against Livramento and Hall. Now that's going to be a delight, isn't it? If they both play well. Well, he scored a goal, didn't he, against He's, Man U? He, he did. Yeah. Hall did. Yeah. And Livermento made an, a run. I watched it, yeah. beat about six players and laid it off. We just thought, oh yeah, two more that we should have possibly hung on to. But um, uh, yeah, who knows, Chidge? I don't know. It, it's so dependent on. I know it's it's impossible on, to call. It, it, yeah, because I think. He but needs where would to you would you rather have, would you rather have had you know Preston North End? Of course, Port Vale and Middlesbrough. Either of those two. It's yeah, funny that we got. I mean, I think it's it's. it's I mean, having had City in the first round of both cups last year. And now we've got the best team, arguably, on form left in the competition, and we get them. Funny that, isn't it? But I wouldn't be surprised if all of these things are, are um, um, you know, mechanical. They're just, it's all, who do we want to work out here to create decent uh, um, match-ups that are attractive to television fans? I mean, it'll all come out in years to come, won't it? But... Well, you know what? I mean, give, given the shenanigans about the Christmas Eve fixture, which is all about TV... Yeah. Um, so you know who runs the game. It's the broadcasters. I, I, the point you just made, I would not put it past them. I really wouldn't. Anyway, enough 
uh, tin foil hat conspiracies for one evening. <laughs> Tony, never, never a man to wear a tin foil hat. Um, no, I mean, you know, a lot of people like really. Oh no, we've got Newcastle. We're going out. Really. I'm actually, I'm relishing it. I'm thinking, fucking, bring it on. You know, why not? Why not? You know, they're a decent team. They'll come and have a go at us, which is good for us, I think. Month and a half, we might be better, might have improved, and Kunku might yeah. be back by then. You know, James might be up to full fitness by then. Bring it on, man. You're going to win the cup. You've got to beat whoever's, whoever you play. Not worried. Uh, 100%. I don't think there's a conspiracy going around, you know, who we get. I, I, I just don't see that. I, I think... Um, you know, we've not had a bad draw up to, well, we had Brighton, I think, didn't we? But I think Blackburn was a, a reasonable draw at home. We've been at home again. Um, so we're not, yeah. you know, got nothing to complain about on that front. Um, yeah. And Newcastle had their blip, didn't they? they had three, three defeats up the trot, I think, and, and seem to have turned it round. And I mean, there's an absolutely wonderful comment in today's papers from Eddie Howe as to why he made a couple of substitutions towards the end. He said, well, it was a chance for them to go out there and have a bit of practice. This was against Man United. They were 3-0 up, you know. And I thought, well, yeah, that that just shows how the power base has kind of changed a little bit. Um, I like Eddie Howe. I like him as a manager. I think he's he's always very calm, well thought out, you know, and his Bournemouth experiences obviously served him very well um, you know, to to kind of rein in expectations, etc. Um, and yeah, I'm glad we got Newcastle. I think, I, we, look, we all we knew, we knew at the beginning of this season that pretty much the cups were our only hope, right? Um, and you know, we, we've got a we, we've got a fairly good record, albeit not so well in the FA Cup lately in finals. But um, you know, our record of getting to finals. Um, that's got to change at some point, you know, uh, our record in the finals, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I fancy us against uh, against Newcastle. Um, uh, how important they would see it in comparison to us, because obviously they got their eyes probably on bigger prizes this season, um, uh, which is, you know, like you could say that's almost ironic, really, considering they have... And they're in Europe, by... and they're in Europe, yeah. so their fixtures yeah, are going exactly. to pile up, so... yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they, they've they've got a much more demanding set of paymasters. Yeah. One feels these days, um, who will demand, you know, like Roman, they will he will demand a level of success, whereas I think our owners uh, will demand levels of success within, you know, their their set time frames and how we progress and everything like that. I think, yeah, bring yeah, it on. Bring it you on. want to see these players yeah. anyway. They've got, you know, and Newcastle have never been one of those teams that I've disliked anyway. Um, I've got fond memories of them back from the old Malcolm McDonald days. There you go. Yeah, I don't you know. like him. Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, there's not many teams I really dislike, but Newcastle now, I can't dislike no, them. They're I not on my, like, you know, you know, I really, really, really dislike them. I do, I don't like them. Yeah. But I, I, I don't like I, them. I don't mind them. And I, I've had some good nights out in Newcastle. So I, I think yeah. the people, also, I'm an absolute uh, uh, jellyfish sucker for the uh, Geordie accent on a woman. Yeah. Why, I? Yeah, you want to pull me, mate. All you got to do, love, is walk okay. in and go. I'll try and get us a yeah. Newcastle girl for our opposition view when we get round oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll get and you then on. I'd, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, yeah. That, I, I am that shallow. Okay. Um, now, I know... <laughs> so, be I, hanging out, would it? Yeah. No, I know somebody who's definitely not shallow. There's more, but there's more depth to this man than the Grand Canyon. And his name is Jonathan Kidd. And uh, I'm just oh, hoping, oh. Hope, hoping and praying he, he's seen the press conference today. Um, I've got uh, a lot of information from it, yes. All right, fire away. Tell us all about it, JK. Um, 
uh, just by the way, just what we talk about that, you see Taylor's been demoted. Mm. Anthony Taylor has been demoted. He's not, they've not, he's not doing any Premier League games this weekend. He's doing the, the championship. He's doing college. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. He, it, was, he, it was the error in the, um, uh, the penalty that was given for the, the Wolves uh, player kicking the, kicking, who was it? Who were they playing? Who they beat? Um, uh, kicking him up in the air. And it was, in fact, uh, he tried to take his foot away and the Wolves player just collided with him. Oh. Um, I'm intrigued that they didn't blame VAR, who obviously did fuck all about it. But um, uh, I mean, surely this, we're going to get to a situation where Taylor is just removed, but probably silently, because um, they don't want to admit that he's. Uh, you, you mean so, you mean with a silencer? Chidge, um, <laughs> I'm a qualified club referee for walking football. I think that's a tad harsh. They, yeah, they've only hard. got they've, they've harsh only but fair. Got the players, they've only got the players' welfare at heart. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it then. Um, presser. The presser, um he said a wonderful thing. He said um um the um he said the demands of the competition don't wait for you when he was talking about the fact that it was work in progress and they were young, which appears to be an angle he goes for now at the moment, which I find interesting, which was quite well expressed actually. Um uh so um um, I've I've felt that he, he was talking about the the injuries. You know, he was a bit he was a bit hit and miss. He was a bit um, cagey about Mudrick playing. Thinks he's not quite ready, and yet uh, I got the the hint that there may be a possibility he would play. I, I didn't. I, it, it was the, he's getting better at them. Um, he's just not really admitting very much anymore. It, it, it does he's never done it. Uh, and I think his English is improving again because he's when he first started, he still hadn't even spoken English for a bit. Um, uh, but the essence I got with it, he was just they were just talking about who was fit to play. And he went through the list of players not available, which is the usual thing they do. Um, and uh, but he, he would, wouldn't really admit much. So um, um, I, I, was, I sort of ran through it with a fine tooth comb and felt I didn't come up with anything really well, other about, than that. what about this brouhaha about about Spurs then oh it's a no he just said he, he part of the conversation was how he felt that he'd had a great time there and that he had made many many friends there and he was yes. looking forward to going back and seeing them and he didn't have a bad relationship with Levy who uh had, had been in fact they had a very good relationship with him and he was he he felt that he, he didn't want to go back there because he'd you know, he'd done his time there after PSG, and what he and he said he he had offers, but the possibility of going to Arsenal, but he wouldn't go anywhere near it because they were their main rivals. Thank so, you. which was you know a good thing to say. Um, but it, it, it people seem they seem to be more interested in talking about how he'd be, how he would get on with the fans there, and of course they loved him, so they they'll they'll give him a great round of applause, won't they? He'll be fated to the hills for or, going or there, or not? You don't you don't think so? Some won't. Did, did we turn against Jose when he went to Spurs? Not really. We were a bit pissed off with him when, uh, you know, when uh, he he dissed us hugely when he went to Man United, and he got yeah. a bit of grief for that. But I think on the whole, you know, yeah. you can't. I mean, I, I, I think it's the, it's the Pochettino point, isn't it? We had a great yeah. time with him, and he won us lots of trophies. How can you be that churlish? Yeah, I I, I think. The the brouhaha, as you talk about, that's been going on, on X, formerly the artist known as X, formerly known as Twitter, 
um, is is idiotic. It, you know, I mean, the guy's our coach, our manager, right? He's going back to a place that arguably made his name and his reputation. You could say Southampton did as well, right? But he took Spurs closer and further than anybody has done in fuck knows how many years, right? Um, and you don't go into these places and not make friends with people. You know, he's got not got a bad relationship with Levy. That's because Levy jumped the fucking gun and sacked him. That's what he did. He did a knee jerk. Well, fucking you know, it's not quite as good as it was last season. Off you go. Um, so more more fool him. Um, and I just think people just, uh, I'm going to say it again. I know it makes me a bit unpopular amongst some of the fans. Grow the fuck up, right? He's allowed to say nice things about Spurs, even if you don't like them. I've got friends who are Spurs fans. I might say to me, I think your team's shit, mate, but that doesn't stop me sitting down and having a pint with you, right? And I just think he, he honestly, anybody finding controversy in that today um, is an offender file. They are the fucking people who look for stupid things like the colours of a flag in a Christmas advert and say, well, that's only whatever. It's utter arse gravy. Fuck off. He said nice things. He was polite. He was cagey, as JK said. And I prefer that. Right. OK. I, I, I actually prefer, I think, he. you know, considering he's a little bit obviously out of practice with his English, having been at PSG and, and not managing England for a while or whatever, he's, he comes across brilliantly. I'm just getting a bit fucked off with because, you know, you've already got him going, oh, he's not the manager for us because we're not top of the fucking league. Oh, Throw the fuck up. Sorry. No, don't apologise. Those are choice words. Well done, Tony. Uh, right, we're going to go for a quick break. Before we do... Uh, I'd like a nod of approval from JK, though, because I can't Okay, can't we won't go to a break until we've had a nod of approval from JK. All on you, JK. Yeah, we, we have a nod. We have a nod. We, had, we have a nod, people. We have a nod. <laughs> Uh, there we go brilliant right now a quick uh, plug for cfc uk uh which as you all know is the world's best fanzine bar none and you can get it uh, every match day on the cfc uk store which is opposite fulham broadway uh there are always going to be sell you'll want you'll see J- dj one ring around tottenham on monday i'm not going to sing the rest of that famous song uh but um he will he'll be wandering around tottenham with his fanzine flapping about in the wind saying hurry up only a pound uh, so there you go. Now, if you can't get a, co- a, a you know proper hard copy, you know at a match, don't worry. You can subscribe uh, annually every season uh, by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net, uh, and a year subscription will cost you twenty quid in the UK, forty five quid in Europe, sixty quid in the rest of the world, uh, all including postage, of course. And uh, if you don't want a hard copy, you just want a PDF emailed to you. Uh, uh, also known as a digital copy, uh, then it'll be six quid for a season and one pound each. And you can pay all of that via PayPal. And our, our weekly shout out for uh, the Chelsea pitch owners, who, of course, as you know, yes. uh, hold the freehold to the stadium and they also own the name Chelsea FC. And there are 14,000 odd shareholders, uh, all of whom, or most of whom, certainly are diehard lifelong Chelsea supporters who have nothing but the best interests of the future of this club at heart. The whole concept of the Chelsea pitch owners was to protect the ground from being sold from under it to rapacious property developers. It's, like it's, you know, estates. Yes. It's, you know, all those of us who are old enough know why it was formed, all right? And it's if you love Chelsea and you want to see Chelsea playing football in Chelsea, 
then this is what you want to do. Go and buy a share. 110 quid or there or thereabouts for an electronic share. Around 200 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. It's a well well worth investing in it, particularly now when there's an element of uncertainty okay, about what might be happening next. So go to the Chelsea website, chelseafc.com, and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners and do it now. Well now. done. We will be back for part two and the opposition view very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it. It's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. Right, well, you know how it works. I'll I'll introduce the show back in, then we have a sting which we put in, and then I'll introduce yeah. you. All right. Welcome, man. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and uh, with the lovely Jonathan Kidd and Tony Glover, and of course, it's now time for this. That's right. It is the opposition view. Very appropriate, actually. We're doing the opposition view with this young man tonight because, of course, we nicked the opposition view from our Love Sports show, and of course, we met. The fantastic Ricky Sachs from at the uh, well on Twitter he's at Last Word on Spurs, but the podcast is at uh, is uh, Last Word on Spurs. But we met we met Ricky at Love Sport, didn't we? It seems a long time ago, mate. We did, Chish. Those were the, someone's calling the glory years, right? When um, <laughs> there was less social media around, and we have a bit more banter. Now it's a lot more serious, a oh. lot more tribalism, like it's always been between the two football clubs. And yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest with you and say, um, really enjoyed those days. We obviously crossed paths and had a really good relationship. And um, that's contingent in here where we are. Spurs changing managers again. Chelsea with a new manager who we know very, very well. And we lock horns again with, um, yeah, a familiar man in charge from your side. I'm not sure it's going to go down the dugout from our perspective on Monday night. Well, I shall ask you in a minute. But I mean, I don't know about getting too serious. I got, I got this message from a mate of mine who I've known for... 
God, nearly 40 years. So I reconnected with recently. He was a massive Chelsea fan back in the day and I, I got absolutely hammered with him on Saturday because, of course, when you get beaten 2-0 home to Brentford, there's only one thing to do, right, as you well absolutely. know. Absolutely. Anyway, he texted me. He said, love the podcast, mate. Some very good points raised while talking bollocks. The perfect combo and made me feel a bit better on the way to tonight's game. So there we go. So I, I hope that we still continue to talk a lot of bollocks on the Chelsea fan cars, that's for sure. But for the next 20 minutes, we'll be serious because Ricky knows his onions. Um, the first question I've got to ask you, mate, uh, a question I, I never thought I'd have to ask a Spurs supporter, but here we go. How does it feel to be top of the league? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't think you're ever going to ask me that question. <laughs> God, uh, well, the problem is we're only 10 games in, Chish, not the other 28 added on, unfortunately. Um, no, we're enjoying it. We are enjoying it. Look, it's still very, very early days. I think we all recognise the fact that we are enjoying the start we've had to the season. Long, long, long way to go at the moment. I mean, look, I think you'll know as me, titles aren't won in November, December. They're won February, March, April, potentially. So long way to go. Um, if this football continues, that would be amazing. Um, obviously, what Monday would represent beating Chelsea would be a 17, 17 point gap between ah, the two. Don't clubs. say that. Sorry, sorry. How many years have you twisted the knife into me? Um, so I would like to think, you know, potentially that would be, I'd like to think, you know, Spurs hopefully guaranteeing a finish over Chelsea, which to be fair, I think at the start of the season, many were predicting Spurs to have many different types of finishes in the table. I saw Paul Merson, lucky they finished in the top 10. <laughs> I've seen top eight. I've seen bottom half. So look, we've had a really, really good start to the season. And all Spurs need to do now is if they mirror the second half to the season they had last season, which I won't remind you was an absolute car crash under yet another former Chelsea manager, Spurs would at least get Champions League football. So that tells you the amazing start to the season Tottenham have had. So well, long I, may that continue. I was, yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you about that because, uh, you know, I mean, you had a new manager and, you know, we know what that's all about. That can go, you know, one or two ways. You you lost Harry Kane, you know. I mean, a lot of us were going, well, there you go. Don't worry about them this season. And, and suddenly you get this Ange Postacoglu, who, who everybody seems to love, for God's sake. <laughs> Even Robbie Bloody Williams loves him. Um, I mean, the thing is, Ricky, what's he brought? I mean, is it mentality? Is it unity? Is it a style of play? What, what's he brought this season? Because he's done, a, I mean, what, I hate to say it, but he's done a brilliant job because yeah. you've what? You're unbeaten so far. You're only, only we dropped... are, yeah, we are. Just just a defeat in the Carabao Cup, which I won't let go, Chid. If you remember back in the days when we used to speak often, cup competitions were everything to me. So the fact that you're into the last eight now, well, the court finals, essentially, great chance to win there. And, you know, I think that's been the only blemish so far in terms of what's been a wonderful start from Postacoglu. I think just to kind of sum it up generally, he's just a real lovely human being that is a really good football coach. And I think, again, this almost mimic of this thing about Big Ange, well, he's more than just Big Sam or Big Anybody. The, the reality is he's a really, really good football coach. And in these last, as you've said, these 10 games so far, he's demonstrated a real different way of playing football. And I think many feared Tottenham would be almost taking batterings on an almost semi-weekly basis because when you play this attacking brand of football, you leave yourself so open to a counter-attack. But we've been lucky in the fact that Vicario has been a fairly unknown keeper that's come in. And whilst everybody really, in terms of that top six, are throwing their toys out the pram with their goalkeepers, whether it be Arsenal with, obviously, Raya and Ramsdale. Uh, obviously, Robert Sanchez had his own couple of issues at Chelsea, which I'm sure you'll know better than me. You look at Manchester United situation with Anana. Um, Spurs, to some degree, in reality, I think have really, really um, 
uncover the gem there. And likewise, you look at the defence now, Romero van de Ven looking like arguably one of the best centre-back pairings in the league. You've got Adogi, you've got Porro, two really fluid flying fullbacks that love to be attacking, but at the same time, respect the fact they've got to defend as well. It's just a really, really, at the moment, I can only call it a really well-oiled unit. And look, I mean, many have said the fact Tottenham have faced the bottom four. They have faced the bottom four, but they've also faced the likes of Liverpool so far. They faced Arsenal. Um, and they've come through these challenges. And Man United as well. I don't want to put Man United in that standing order at the moment, but they've obviously come through United. And look, I think Chelsea represents, I think, a different kind of challenge. It's a Chelsea side that, as we know, are not where you want them to be, not where the fans want them to be. But Maurizio will have a burning desire to be the first manager to beat Ange Postacoglu. And he'll feel we're a better place to do it at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which he knows very, very well. And it will be very interesting to see how Maurizio does approach the game. I'm really intrigued to see what he says in his pre-match press conference. We had Ange's earlier. There's an utmost respect there for what Maurizio has achieved at Tottenham from Ange's perspective. Is he, is he going so to get a good reception, do you think? Oh, Well, George, I would have said... I mean, he, he should until... do, mate, surely, shouldn't he? Shouldn't he? <laughs> But do you know what sounds mad? This I would have said that up until last night, but I just saw. I mean, last night I saw the the reaction Declan Rice got. Well, I, I, thought, I thought that was piss poor, mate. I've got to be honest. Well, you know, Declan Rice has just won West Ham their yeah. first ever European trophy. I know, and he got booed. I, and I, I mean, the thing is, if if that's what well, we're West, the... West Ham have always been a bit special, haven't they? If you know what I mean. Mm. But I mean, if West Ham <laughs> were setting the barometer, uh, the barometer on, I, I really don't know. I think there'll be Spurs fans that massively respect what Poch did in the five and a half years, there will be some that still will feel that, did he have to go to Chelsea? That will be the narrative. You know, again, you look at, he wanted to work in England again. You'd argue the United job might be coming up soon. You know, this is the irony of it. But the reality is, Poch wants to get back into work. As we know, Maurizio waited all summer for Tottenham to call. They didn't. They went for Ange. So, look, I don't blame Maurizio for joining Chelsea. The reality is, it was a club in London. It was a project similar to Tottenham where he had a young squad there to develop into his own. And he doesn't get a lot of money to try and do that. So, But I do respect Tottenham fans also that do feel Maurizio could have joined another club and had Tottenham really run deep in his veins. Did he really need to go to Chelsea? And that's why I do feel, and you might be surprised me saying this, I think there'll be a mixed reaction on Monday night. I think if Tottenham beat Chelsea, there'll be a rapturous reception at the end of the game for Maurizio. <laughs> no I, I think, I think before the game, I think before the game, there will be a mixed reaction yeah, from the okay. fans. No, fair enough. It's always, always very interesting. I, I find that one. I mean, we have a funny old legacy at Chelsea because uh, we're actually, you know, really good with players that mm. that come back. You know, I mean, yeah. I was at the Fulham away game the other week, and we sang Williams' name for most of the match, much to his complete bewilderment. Uh, the only the only thing is apart from, apart from players that go to Spurs. <laughs> you're know the, you know the anomaly there is. It's Glenn Hoddle because Glenn Hoddle well, managed both Tottenham and Chelsea, and I, Glenn I love seems Glenn. to be loved by exactly. Yeah. I think Glenn is the a bit of an anomaly in this. That's why again, I think many are thinking will Maurizio get any booze? But I think the way and you know as well as me, it's a bit more. I don't want to say it's a bit more of a, the teenagers. You know, it's almost become quite a generational thing yeah, now to maybe. boo. And I think that's why, again, with Maurizio, there will be that element to it where I think some of the younger fans that maybe weren't as tuned into the Maurizio era at Tottenham that didn't remember it at all, mm. there will be a sense of tribalism there and he will get a mixed reception. So be interesting Monday night. Really see what Poch does in terms of selection and tactics and setup because um, I don't know if you agree, Chidge. I don't think he's so far 
got that Chelsea love yet. And I think he, for him, he needs a big result. And there's nothing bigger than to atone himself to the Chelsea fans than by yeah. beating Tottenham. You love totally. beating Chelsea. You, you love beating Spurs. And for him, it would set almost, I think, you know, you get moments in the season where that's kind of a, a marker laid down. I don't want it to be, but I do fear Chelsea on Monday night because under Maurizio, he's shown, even in his first season at Tottenham, he's capable of big results. He beat you 5-3, if you remember, on I think New Year's Day, Harry came with a couple of goals there. So he has it within him to get big results. That's the thing that does fear and scare me ahead of Monday night. So that's a really good point, Ricky. I mean, you know, in a sense, because I was going to ask you, I mean, you know, it's funny, isn't it, with the rivalry? You know, no matter whether we've been shit or you've been shit, the rivalry carries on, which I love. I think that's absolutely right, which tells me it's a proper rivalry and it's got it's nothing to do about glory hunting or or uh, or any of that. You know, like well, like we've got a, we've got a rivalry with Barcelona apparently because we played them a lot. That kind of stuff. This one is <laughs> yeah. proper. It's it's heartfelt. It goes deep, right? They don't like each other. The thing is, Tottenham and Chelsea do not like each other. No. The fans don't like no. each other. The no. players don't like each other. No. Which is why, again, I think many were surprised Maurizio went to Chelsea. That yeah. that's the reality. Because yeah. if you remember, I think this a lot of this hatred was built out and built out of the Battle of the Bridge, yeah. which Maurizio managed Tottenham for. So that's why, again, Tottenham fans, I think some of them just can't can't get it. understand the fact yeah. that he went there because he did say at one point, being Tottenham head coach, that. Chelsea's more of a rivalry to us than Arsenal. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. It it's is, really isn't it? Well, look, look, I'm, I'm talking about you lot on the supporters. I mean, okay, we've got the rivalry. That obviously counts for a lot. Also, there's Chelsea's got this amazing record. I mean, and I know I know it's changed since 2006 and we've lost quite a few mm. times up at the lane, but you know, I I think it's quite interesting. I look back at the recent results and and we beat you when we had absolutely no right to. I mean, when Lamps know, was in charge yeah. and we were, yeah. we, we, were yeah. we were absolutely shit and we still beat you. But back, yeah. it, back in uh, 2016, 17, wasn't it? When was it? Yeah. When Leicester won and we beat you and we were shocking. It's the only bloody match we turned up for. So I, yeah. I'm kind of wondering, you know, even though you're, you're flying at the moment, you know, you're unbeaten, you're playing really good football, you're top of the league. We, we've been, you know, all over the place, really. But do you still fear, you know, Chelsea turning up? I mean, I've heard this a lot that Spurs fans always worry about what Chelsea because of what we've done to you psychologically, actually, over the last kind of 30 years or yep. so. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like I say, this game has 100% scarred me. I hate the <laughs> fixture. I never enjoy it. It's probably the same to the degree of Arsenal where can't ever really enjoy it until we get the result, really. And I think Maurizio just being there adds even more spice to it. I think Chelsea alone is another... Is a, is, a te- is a challenge in itself. But when you add Maurizio Pochettino to that as well, I mean, I think this is being billed as one of the games of the season. I really genuinely think that. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to the way Maurizio will set up. I think he'll come to Tottenham looking to win because, as I said earlier, I think for him, he needs a result to really endear him to the Chelsea fans. And I don't know if you agree with me, Chidge. Yeah, Tottenham away is the one, right? It's yeah. the, probably one of the first games you look for Absolutely. on the calendar. This is the game where I think if Maurizio is going to really get that fan base on side and trust the process, this is the game, right? No, and I, I, mate, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm really chuffed. I managed to get a ticket actually because uh, we have trouble. If you're not an away season ticket holder these days, you, you really struggle to get tickets. So, and I've managed to get one. So I'm, I'm well, well pumped up for this one. Um, I mean, basically, you know, how, how do you think? I mean, it, it sounds to me like Ange isn't going to really change anything. He's just going to do what he's been doing all season in terms of setting it up. He's not going to change anything yeah. for us, is he? And why, why should he, in a way? 
No, I mean, I think the only thing that will be a concern to Spurs fans in general is that uh, Destiny Adogi, who has been absolutely influential on the left-hand side, is 50-50 going into this one. And again, we talk about the fact Spurs need to keep the 13-14 players fit. There's a big, big drop-off from Destiny Adogi to Ben Davis. No disrespect to Ben Davis, is obviously a good, honest pro. Still, I think, a regular for, or was a regular for Wales up to up to a certain point. And he look, he may look to play Emerson Royale on the left-hand side as an alternative. You know, he's right-footed, but can play on the left. But there's no doubt about it. Adogi's a formidable player. And look, for me, I think you want your best players available for this game. So mm. I would like to see him play. I mean, look, in general, as we know, Madison's had a fabulous season, as I'm sure you guys have seen as well. I heard a silly rumour. There again, it's true. Whether Chelsea didn't look at signing Madison because he was a year older than the level of players and profile Chelsea wanted. I heard they wanted to go for under 25. Madison was 26, so that ruled him out. I just think Madison, for me, has been one of the stars of the season. Been unbelievable. Ricky, we've been saying it all season. It's it's completely nuts having a policy like that. Um, (laughs) You know, because we've been... a player like that. I know. If we'd have bought bought Madison and James Ward-Prowse, we'd be be fighting out for the top four at the moment, I reckon. Because all of that Premier League experience, you know, and good players. Yeah, I look at Chelsea and just for me, I think in this game in general, I think the first goal is going to be absolutely crucial. And the reason why I say that is when I watch Chelsea, and Maurizio has said this as well, that they really struggle to score many goals. <laughs> and I think you'll notice better than me, too. you're there week in, week out at the bridge. I look at Chelsea, I think they're so reliant on scoring that first goal where if they go one behind, the heads will drop it to young, young side. And I really hope Tottenham can then can take advantage of them. What does fear me is Chelsea going one up and then Spurs almost as we've seen, going full-on counter-attack. And the worry is Chelsea could pick them off. So I think the first goal in this game is absolutely crucial. And Spurs, in my opinion, need to get it. They need to get it for me in terms of confidence because I think Chelsea going 1-0 down, you'll know them better than me. I don't know many occasions that they've come back to actually recover from that. I watched them at Brentford at the weekend. They just looked so, so poor. Um, really devoid of any real threat in front of goal. Although they actually created a lot of chances in the first half. I mean, that's the thing. Chelsea, they're creating the chances. But Maurizio doesn't have Harry Kane this no. time around, you know, to put up front. So, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see if Chelsea do address that in future windows. I know they've got Nkuku coming back. He's more of a forward uh, rather than an actual direct striker. But, again, I think it's really, really fascinating in terms of how Maurizio approaches this game with Tottenham. Yeah, really well, fascinating. I, I, hope he, I hope he does what he did against Arsenal, whereas he, he didn't pick... Jackson as a striker because mm. he's not. He, he he did something really weird actually because the midfield's got really balanced. It, it, yep. It's working really well. He's figured that out. You yep. play you play uh, you know Caicedo protecting the back four. You got Enzo playing more as a quarterback, slightly deeper than Gallagher, who's more advanced, and it suits them all very well. And it's looking really really good. But you know what he did against Arsenal was he 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 almost played more of a four four two. But he had yep. kind of Gallagher and Palmer yep. up front. They were the most advanced. But neither, neither yep. of them were playing as a false nine or a striker. But what they do no. is they press. And it really yep. put Arsenal on the back foot. You've got Mudrick yep. and, and Sterling on either wing. Obviously, they're yep. going forward too. But they were also helping out with the back. So we weren't, we weren't getting outnumbered. And it worked really, really well. And we played well. Yep. We, I mean, we were a much better side for 75 minutes. They get that spawny goal. And then, boom, the, the, their asses fell out, basically. Simple. <laughs> They were hanging on. They were yeah. hanging on at the end. And they were they were all over yeah. Arsenal for 75 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I think, again, that, I mean, not, again, this is not to <laughs> make you feel even worse about what you feel about Chelsea's season in general. But I look at 
that result against Arsenal, and that for me was so Pochettino. The fact that you would we, dominate we said the same. Like we said the same. Yeah, we dominate side for seventy five. We saw it so many times at, at, at Spurs, cheers with, with Pochettino, where ultimately he would get to the big, big games and just couldn't really see them out. You know, we saw that so many times with Tottenham in the Champions League, where he just lacked that kind of tactical know how to see out games. And again, Chelsea being 2-0 up. I mean, look, you've watched enough Chelsea games in your time with different managers. There would be no way a team would get back into a game at 2-0 under Mourinho, under Angelotti, under Conte. And the fact that 2-0 that a team's allowed to get not only get back into the game, but to actually get a point out of it, for me, says a lot about where Maurizio is right now with that Chelsea squad. It's going to take a bit of time. Um, only from my side, I've got a few Chelsea mates. They're not the most patient bunch. No. I'm, intrigued to, I'm intrigued to see if he actually... Will get patience and time. He needs results like Monday to do that 100%. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting time for Chelsea. They want to win. They're used to winning. And they've got a manager, in my opinion, that can play really pretty football over a given amount of period, but doesn't really, if you look at his CV, have the kind of backup there to show you he's going to get you the titles, the Champions League, that Chelsea ultimately were renowned for in the last 20 years. Yeah, exactly. And that's, 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 it's going to, well, it's going to take time before we get close to thinking about that, I think. Right. Uh, how do you see it going? And oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to ask you for a prediction as, after this, but oh, uh, we have this thing called, uh, they played for both, right? So just to finish up after that, I'm okay. going to ask you to see how many people on, on this list. I'll give you a very quick look at the list, right? That's about as quick as you get. There you go. There's 38. There's 38 people on. Because I'm going to ask the boys in part three. I get that's what I get them to do to see if they can name okay. them. So I'm not, going to, I'm not even going to tell you if you if you've got them right or wrong. I'll, I'll WhatsApp you afterwards and say, yeah, you got that. Many oh right. God, what are you doing to me, Chich? I'm, I've I'm, got an exam. I know, I've got an exam on it. Well, going got, on? You, well, you know, you've got to prove prove it, mate. You see. Anyway, how okay. do you think it's going to go on Monday? And uh, to stick a score on it as well. Oh, okay. <sighs> Gonna say two one Tottenham, but it's gonna be tight. It is. I, I think there'll be a goal in it. I don't think it'll be a pasting. That's for sure. I don't. I don't think it will be. I think the great thing that I remember from Maurizio's time at Spurs is that every Spurs team he managed understood what a derby meant. There was no doubt about that. He always got them up for a derby. Always, always. And there's no doubt he will get that Chelsea side fired up for it. I just think the atmosphere. And you're going to be there at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is going to be incredible on Monday night. I think there's going to be a real, real backing of Ange and the players. And it's been an absolute cauldron, really. And the fact it's a Monday night is that even more kind of bit of spice to it under the lights at the lane. You've been there, I'm sure, at the times where it's been a lot easier for you than this. I think it'll be a really special atmosphere. And I think Spurs, look, for me, if they get the early goal, it could go into a route, but I don't think it'll be that way. I think it'll be a tight game by back Spurs to edge it two goals to one. Yeah, I'm kind of going the other way around, as you know. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we will see, won't we, on Monday? Right. Okay, ready? 38 okay. players have played for both Chelsea and Spurs. How, how many was that? How many players? 38. 38, wow. Let's okay. see how many you can get. Okay, right. Uh, Galas, why are we struggling? Uh, Galas, uh, Hoddle. Um, we've had a few, haven't we? Players, Gus Poyet, Neil Sullivan, um, trying to think of defenders now. There's 38 in there, uh, not forwards, forwards, forwards. I shouldn't be this bad, should I really, at this it's point? It's a terrible thing to throw on somebody, isn't it, at the last minute? I love it. It is. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking, okay, who else have we had midfield-wise? God, there's more. 
Chelsea. It's going to kill me. There's so many. I can't think of them now. This is so bad. Um... <sighs> I reckon there's at least one, two, three, four. Well, more. Five, I should, I should six, get seven. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, maybe twelve that you should know. This is awful. Okay, this is horrendous. Okay, hold on ba- basically the others, I don't even know who the hell they are. So you know, <laughs> they probably played in about nineteen oh seven. The part that when you said thirty eight, now I think, how can I not know these players? Okay, um, come on, think. Uh, we had right back. My head's going here. What is wrong with me? Um, you're struggling, aren't you, mate? I am really you struggling. Seriously, too. struggling. Uh, well, I, I'll have to go on. No, I'm well, sorry, I'm, 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 i but, I mean, it is difficult because you get, like, out of that 38, as I said, there are probably about 15 who probably played before the war. I've got absolutely no idea who they are. But okay. 60s onwards, I'm not doing too bad. But, anyway, enough of that. Ricky, as always, you've been utterly superb. Always lovely catching up with you. Um, I can't wish you any luck whatsoever for Monday, and I'm sure you wouldn't do the same to me. But uh, uh, I have a good time either way, all right? Thank you, mate. Look forward to catching up on the reverse fixture where hopefully we're still in the exact same positions and exactly the same distance in the league. No offence taken, hopefully. Well, I hope we're not in the same position as we are. I kind of hope you're not either, really. I mean, I, when are we playing you? When, when, when's the reverse fixture? Is it? Is it oh, bef- good question. Is it before or after St Totteringham Day? Oh, don't do that to us. Will, it, will there be a St Totteringham Day this year, the way it's coming? Well, Come I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know. I, I hang out decorations oh, on, on that day. We've always said this whole thing about the way Arsenal and Chelsea have got this <laughs> a dying love for each other. They just, it's the Tottenham derby, right? The Tottenham derby. <laughs> Ricky, you've been brilliant, mate. And we will definitely have you back uh, whenever that fixtures. I don't know when it is, but we'll have you back when it is. And I look forward to seeing you again. You've been fantastic. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Pleasure as always. And um, yeah, we shall see how Monday night goes. Brilliant. There we go. It's the fantastic Ricky Sachs from uh, Last Word on Spurs. You stick at in front of that and you'll find them on Twitter. But there you go. Right, we'll be back for part three in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. It's part three. Part three with me, Stavichich, him, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, and him up there, Mr. Tony Glover. Bonsoir. So there you go. Um, brilliant uh, opposition view with the uh, wonderful Ricky Sachs from At Last Word on Spurs there. Um, always good to have Ricky on the show. Uh, now it's t- it's our turn to preview uh, Monday night's humdinging match. I mean, you know, this is a match that is arguably uh, this and the home home uh, match as well are are the two that we tend to look out for first in any season. This is it means a lot still. Uh, I think it will mean even more. We'll talk about this in a minute, but I think it'll mean even more for various reasons. But here is my team, J.K. Ooh, 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 ooh. He's excited. I knew he would be right. <laughs> 
So, uh, we have Sanchez in goal. Colwell, Silva, Dizazi. Although he may start Badia-Shiel there, I think. But I've gone for Dizazi. Uh, I think he'll start Reese James. Why not? Take him off if he needs to. Uh, the midfield. Well, this is where it gets complicated. And I kind of have to do the after bit, uh, you know, whilst I'm, I'm telling you this. Because basically what I think he should do is he should do exactly what he did against Arsenal who are a good team, didn't matter that we were at home, they were going to come at us and try and win. And what he did was kind of like a weird 4-4-2, I think. So you kind of had Caicedo as the deepest midfielder. You still had Fernandes in the kind of quarterback role. And then you kind of had Gallagher further advanced, and then you had Palmer further advanced still. He wasn't, I don't think, a false number nine. And then you have Mudrick and Sterling on either wing. And basically they would support Palmer and Gallagher, but they would also get back and help defensively. And I think they did a very good job of that for 75 minutes, as we know. But what Palmer and Gallagher did, they didn't really operate as out-and-out strikers or attackers, but they pressed pressed Arsenal the minute they got the ball in their half and put them on the back foot. And I think that's really what gained us so much momentum in that game. So in the absence of a striker, yes, I'm talking about you, Nicholas Jackson, <laughs> and in the absence of Brozier, because he's he's still apparently not fit, and I don't think that uh, I think I think Poch said he would put him on the uh, he would put him on the bench possibly, but that's it. He won't start. So in the absence of that, I would I would go with what you did against Arsenal because we know that that worked, um, and let's see what happens. So there we go. So that's that's what I'm going for, J.K. Um, I'd love it if it was that. I would love it. I'd love it if if it was like that, but. Um... Uh, I'm not convinced James will start after the press conference, uh, which place it'll be Gusto, even though he had his leg very um, strapped up. Um, or, or we could play Cucurella there, of course. Indeed, Cucurella might play there. In fact, I think that's uh, a more likely alternative if he plays Right back, Cole. you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he plays Colwell. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think that's more likely. Um, uh, surely he won't play Jackson. Surely. After the last two performances, surely I can't. So in which case he hasn't got a centre forward. So he has to revert to this. What happens if Mudrick isn't fit and he doesn't play him despite being Sterling on the left, Madueke on the right? Yeah. 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 And Madueke, I'm afraid, came on and he was was piss poor against Blackburn. I'm sorry. He's and he ran off, ran off very uh, early at the end of the game down the tunnel because he's not liking only coming on for dribs and drives. But when you come on, mate, as a sub, you've got to get your finger out. You can't play badly. It's, it's you know, that, that's one of the reasons you're on as a sub. You've got to make more of an effort. You've got to get involved and you've got to impress the manager because the manager will then pick you. It's really not, you know, difficult to get your head around what you've got to do. Um, he's not taking players on in the same way that he did uh, last season. Um He's not looking anything like the player he looked last season. I thought he would have kicked on. But, you know, it's obviously not happening in training for him. And he's disgruntled by the the fact that he got off the pitch as soon as he could when everybody else was wondering about... Um, the, uh, they the, have this... The, the, the policy now is to is to go walk walk round via the, the West Stand and then come back via the... You, you mean Art. in front of the real fans? In front, yeah. Yeah, might, yeah I know. It's, indeed, I don't quite they start there. There's a few a few of them speak to the shed bit. It's probably... I mean, this is it, isn't it? Because all the people who pay most money per se are up there so they you know I, this is a bowley dictate isn't it 
hey man, you got to like be cool with the guys who pay the most money. You know what I'm saying? Yes, start. It's interesting, isn't it? They always walk after any anything we've won. Actually, any game, in fact, they walk, and they, if they've lost against Brentford, they just sort of looked shell shocked in the centre circle and walked off like zombies. But against um, Blackburn and uh, and previous victories this season, they've gone um, via a sort of token to the shed all the way along the West Stand, a lot to uh, the Matthew Harding and then a lot to the East Stand. Because they would always, they would normally always go to the Matthew Harding and that was pretty much it. Yeah, before. Yeah, so In there other is words, a bit they more... would go to the real fans. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Tony? Yeah, yeah. That's true, yes. actually. They should true. They were more concerned to go to that lot rather than to, to yeah. the... Um, and then they'd have to had to do a bit to the East Stand because that was their exit. They couldn't do anything else, you know, they'd have to. Yeah. But also, the it's the guys... Immediately, the game is coming to the, the end. They get their signs out and they get a shirt. You know, Dusazi gave a, a gave his shirt to a very specific kid. I really hate kid. that. I hate that. Though. It's just like it's I'm become ranked. it's become it's become slightly embarrassing, hasn't it? Really. Um, I got a theory about. I, I, sorry, I find it. I find it. So I want to say I find it very revealing that on the where I was where I sit, you can see down into the the uh, it's next to the 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 dugout and it's the family area. And one boy had a sign that kind of revolved. So on the back of it, it had, um, uh, please, um, Sterling, could I have your shirt? And then when it came to who was nearest to the pitch, he he sort of put the other one up um, quickly, which was, uh, please, may I have your shirt, Silver? And Silver didn't come across. So he got another one up saying, please, could I have your shirt, Desazi? Yeah. And then immediately um, um, thinking, oh, somebody's you know made an effort to want my shirt, so I'll give them the shirt. And I was thinking there, no, you just happen to be, one of many that he's got on his revolving board. What he should have is an iPad like they have in the airports for the taxi drivers. Yeah. Why don't so they he... hold one up saying taxi for Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could just have this, can I have your shirt? And he just presses a button and it rotates through the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, should be, it should just be a lot of dots. Insert your name here. Insert yeah. Uh, yeah. Nathan's um, come up with a cracker. Can I have your shirt, other side, because you're not fit to wear it? To wear it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 very good, very good. But should you get back to the to the to the to the um, selection? I mean, we, it's a it's a kind of movable feast as regards Palmer if he does play up front, which he did for a bit against Brentford. I guess, sorry, sorry against um, Blackburn. Uh, Blackburn. Blackburn. Will then move around. They'll move him around as long as he's the well, player. Because no, Gallagher and Palmer were really yeah. fluid against Arsenal, weren't they? they, they that, were that's what very, I'm saying. Very, they, they did very. not play. It's, it's actually, we didn't play any strikers. We just played yeah. those two really advanced and their job was to, to move around and press yeah. Arsenal. And the, this, the reason it worked was that the Arsenal defence didn't have anybody to pick up. They didn't know what to do. Uh-huh. It was clever. Listen, Madueke... It's like, it like wolves in the 50s. We're aye. playing against, playing against Honved. All right, now listen, I, I, there's, a, there's a theory. He played back. He Guti. There's a theory about, uh, about Madueke, isn't there? Because apparently... Poch let him go from Spurs. I, I don't know where I got this from, but anyway, apparently Poch let him go from Spurs uh, when he was about 17 in the youth team or something. So, wow. yeah, so maybe they don't like each other much. Maybe he doesn't Who's rate... Maybe, apparently Poch, when he was the Spurs manager, apparently Madawaki was in the, the academy and he wow. let him go. So uh, maybe there's no love lost there or he doesn't really rate him. So who knows? Well, he, he was a bit of a naughty boy, wasn't he? In one of the international breaks as well. Got um, hacked at a party, a party where there were loads of um, semi-clad women and the like. 
and they were saying, well, just because you're slightly injured, perhaps you should not be allowed, you shouldn't be attending these sort of things. And uh, Pochettino re- referred to it in one of his presses. I think he said he's a young lad, you know, and we, we've had a little chat with him. But, uh, yeah. Hmm. Mm, watch this space. Uh, Mark's come out with an absolute blinder here. I mean, Mark's stories are just legion. Uh, he says, years ago, my mate Bob Barrett, well, we know Bob. Bob, Hello, Bob, if you're listening. Uh, sponsored Frank uh, uh, Frank LeBeuf's shirt and kit and asked him if he could have his training kit. And Frank said, why? Bob said, because I fucking paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very reasonable to me. Tony, what do you think of my, my idea here and my selection? I, I'm almost entirely in 100% agreement with it. Uh, but I don't know about um, uh, James. So I would have thought Gusto, who I really, really like, um, but who is the oldest looking young player we've had since Arjen Robin? <laughs> That's um, a good shout. That's a good right. Um, but uh, or Cucurella. I'm the you know again the humble pie lorry used to be a regular visitor here. Um, I was anti Cucurella last season. I thought, what? A, who on earth scouted him? He's been absolutely shocking. He has been brilliant this season uh and and he must have been absolutely fucking gutted against Brentford because he didn't do a thing wrong apart from not score when he had a ball in front of him but you know he's he's not a striker um and I think he probably did a better job I mean he he guided into the keeper into the keeper's hands um than, than Jackson who probably wouldn't have hit the ball at all or wouldn't have been in that place in the in in the first um uh, place or whatever in that position um so i'm i would go cucurello at right back i think he's he, not only is he massively improved in his sort of distribution and his his willingness to tackle and everything he's turned into a chippy little bastard you know he's he's niggly he's like a little terrier um and he's far closer to the player that i'd been led to believe that we were buying from brighton um than than i imagined was absolutely possible i thought we we'd bought the right duffer and and not only am I picking him up from dropping him off at the airport so he could go and fucking play somewhere else, I'm actually driving him back to Stanford Bridge and feeding him champagne and women because I think he's been, he's, he's just turned it around for me. And um, I find myself warming rapidly towards Cucurella. So I'd play him instead of James, I think. And um, I, I, you know, I, I'm all for the the baby steps uh, um, um uh, ethos with James, bring him back gently bit by giving the odd bits of games here and there. Let's make sure that you know what we get back is the proper of James. Uh, I think the failing against Brentford was because Fernandez was was missing. I think that midfield Callagher, uh, Callagher, is he? Uh, Gallagher, Fernandez, and Casido pick themselves. They have been superb of late. The three of them cover for each other. Casido sits in and does the kind of Macaulay dirty work. Very unspectacular, but he blocks stuff. He makes good passes. Fernandes can turn on the ball and, and, and whip it around a bit. And Gallagher just just deal the dog. Um, and you know, if he could take a decent corner, but I didn't think he did that badly against Brentford. But he's you know, a one-man running machine, right? Um, and he's fully deserved, I think, at the moment, of his captaincy. Uh, I think he's he's wearing it not only with a pride, with pride, but with a plum. A plum, I tell you. Um, and Mudrick, Sterling and Palmer. Look, I hope Mudrick is fit because he was just beginning to click into the groove or whatever. 
Um, and and so I hope he's back because he will cause problems for Spurs in the same way that Son will cause problems for us, right? Um, Sterling, well, he knows all about Spurs. Uh, he's played for, you know, three teams, probably QPR, uh, Liverpool and City against them. Um, and he's uh, enjoying a, a little bit of a revival. And Palmer, I think, is now one of the first players on the sheet. I love, you said something earlier on about the way he can pick out a pass. Yeah, he, he can, whatever. And all we need now to do is to get some of our players to recognise where that pass is going to go and be there for it. Um, but I, I just, what can't, how old did you say it was? 19, didn't you? 21. I think, 21. 21, is he? You know, at 21, I wouldn't have trust myself to run a fucking bath, no, let no. alone go out there and do what he's doing. So I, I think you're bang on. I'm just going to replace uh, James with Cucurella. Okay, good stuff. Um, what do you think, JK, about my my theory that we 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 do better against the better teams, we should do better against the better teams, and the reason for that is that they don't park the bus, which we've have have had. I mean, we, without repeating Monday's show, we've had trouble doing that since 2019 at least. Uh, so we'll get more space, and we can catch them on the break. And actually, we might be quite a good counterattacking side given we've got pace. I'm an I'm an exponent of your theory. Okay, I like that. That sounded very sexy. Thank you very much indeed. How about proponent? Not as sexy. No, it isn't. Funnily enough, the X. I don't know why. It's the X, it's, isn't it? It's, it's the, the X, X factor, JK. Exactly. Exactly. It is. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, but that's you know, that's been the case, isn't it? We West Ham was an example. So was um, um, the Villa game was an example as well. So was. Uh, uh, who else have we lost to? Forest. Forest was another example of that. I mean, we cannot deal with with we, we cannot break down defences, but that's because we've established we need a a proper person to put the ball in the net. Um, I mean, having uh, yeah, you, you, we just need somebody who's got the the nous to have a dip and uh, expertly um, rather than rather than these these strange attempts to walk the ball into the net which we've been experiencing um it ties into the point i was making about jackson not creating chances for himself uh, strikers do that they fight yeah. bustle they, they do but things he's not that, a striker yeah but even so he, well, he, <laughs> he shouldn't be, like i said he shouldn't be played in that position he shouldn't be well I but thought we, we have bought, no choice he scored goals for uh, forever last season i mean can we t- as you've kind of taken us back to the uh the realms of inaction jackson um, Jorgen G has asked a really good question here. I've seen it. Yeah, it deserves airing. I have. I'm the only one who's ignorant here. No, well, that's all right because you're not. You, you you haven't got access to Mixler, but I I can read it. That's so. Therefore, it, that's how it works. We I'd, tra- like, I'd like that very much. We yeah. translate it from the page to the screen. Don't forget the last line on this one, Chidge. No, I'm not going to. That's a very that's a very good point. What's the best way to build Jackson's confidence? Play him every game and wait for success, or bench him to take the pressure off. I think benching him, playing a non-striker in his place, might hurt his confidence more than if there was another striker to share the scoring pressure with. What say the therapist? Well, I'll have first dibs on this. You make an excellent point, Jurgen, but I think that is the that that is that is the job of a manager to understand his player to the degree where he knows where the balance is, because you're right. If you bench him for, uh, you know, and don't play a striker, you run the risk of completely destroying him and you don't ever get him back. And if you're a manager, you want to get the best out of all of your resources. 
So you have to play that game. And there is a, a school of thought that says, you know, keep keep playing him. It'll come right in the end. There's another school of thought, which is, and, and I agree with you as a therapist, I, I would say yes, that might describe his confidence. But I would also say as a therapist, these are elite sportsmen. And elite sportsmen are, are used to getting rejected a lot. You know, you have to be a fighter. You have to have a massively resilient ego. You're used to being the best. And you just have so indestructible self-belief, basically. Now, I agree, you know, the evidence appears that that's not the case with Jackson. And, of course, everybody is different. Um so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to repeat what I said. I think I've explained it there. However, you know, uh, to, to go to go on a further point from what I was just saying, this is elite sport. This is not playing with your mates in the school ground. Oh, he, he's a bit upset. We better play him this week. No, mm. you want to win. If you want to win titles, you have to be ruthless. I was at a game where one of my favourite players of all time was taken off after 20 minutes. His name is Joe Cole. And yeah. the manager was Jose Mourinho, yeah. and he did not fuck about. Um, and that, that that's and I, and, he, and I think he even he, he subbed Joe Cole, having been subbed once, which is the ultimate insult to a professional footballer. But the bottom line, as a manager, you do that because you say, well, if you can't handle that, then you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't be here, because if if you know you've got to handle that shit, you've got to be tough. Now I said that sounds very untherapeutic. I agree with you, Jurgen, but. You know, therapy and and mental health states in terms of real life are very different from the rarefied atmosphere of elite sport. But ultimately, I'll go back to what I was saying. I think any manager will just try and find where the balance is. You know, if he generally thinks he's he's never going to score for us, then he has to do something because you can't keep doing that. You know, and yet you risk ruining his confidence completely. But he may well keep playing him in the belief that he will get good. And I mean, judging from his presser today... I mean, okay, you know what he says in the presser might be a million miles away from what the truth is, but you know, in the presser he was he was bigging that up, saying, "Oh no, we still believe in him. He's he, he's you know working hard, doing all of that." So who knows? But you know, the reality is, Jorgen, it's a tough game at the top. You know, it's not for the faint-hearted. You know, and you need to have that resilience to succeed. So there you go. That's my take. Alter- I've got an alternative. I love it. I love the fact that you have an alternative. Sell him. <laughs> <laughs> You, you said that, and you had a, a you, you you slipped into um, Anthony Ainsley as the master. So. <laughs> well, that that is that is uh, um, what's the word? That is uh, that is. I have great respect for Anthony Ainsley because I knew him. I used to play cricket with him, and um, the fact that uh, you've said that it makes me makes me it tickles me cockles. Actually, that thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, he was uh, he was a very good actor and completely barking mad. So, uh, um, aren't most actors? Uh... No, but this was a madness that was just without, without. When our Tom Baker was equally mad, I worked with him quite a lot. So two two inhabitants of Doctor Who were yeah. were decidedly loopy. Yeah, he, <laughs> um, he he wore a wig all the time and he refused to change with us because um, he. Uh, <laughs> He didn't want to reveal that he wore a wig, even though it was completely fucking obvious he was wearing a wig. But he didn't want to do this. He brought his own tea and always sat already changed in his uh, in his uh, his vehicle. Um, I was captaining once and I said, Tony, Tony, do you think you could um, just move from leg slip to uh, to to um, slip? Because um, uh, Ed's bowling, he's, get, he's beginning to move the ball away from the back quite a lot. And he came up to me and he grabbed me by the lapels and he said, 
don't you fucking tell me where to go. <laughs> and I said, I said, I am captain. And he went, I'm the oh, master. Yeah, you know, there was an element of that. And he said, but he said, oh, of course, I'm so sorry. How dreadfully awful of me. I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> no way, seriously. Brilliant. Listen. Uh... I, I, I kind of agree with what you said, Chidge. Um, these are elite athletes. I, I think you, if you look at the ones who get to the very top, um, everyone has a confidence crisis in their life at some point or another. Those absolute bastards who get to the top very, very rarely ever show it. Like, and I'll give you an example of Ronnie O'Sullivan, who was renowned for suffering from depression. Yeah. But it rarely ever shows on the table because when he's there, he switches into that, uh, uh, what they used to call it, you're in the zone. Yeah. Wonderful you, player. Wonderful, wonderful player. You filter out everything. And I think the very top players really do do that. They don't care that they're getting... Um, abused from the sidelines by fans. They don't care that the referee is is giving away silly decisions that are going against them. They are so single minded and focused on their job, their 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 success, their job. You know, I score goals. If we if I do that, we're successful. Bloody blah, blah. Um, and I don't. I I'm not sure that uh, certainly in the Premiership and that level of sport, like in rugby. Or, and cricket even, um, and I could I seem to remember who was the bloke. Was it Treskothic who went home? He had he had problems again because he just lost everything. He was a fantastic Jonathan batter. Trot, Jonathan Trot as well, yeah, might have been, yeah. And I just think that you know they're always going to get a few of them like that. But the very very top ones, you know, the the, the kind of shame worn types or whatever, don't give a fuck, well, and they just crack on with it. And and I think blooding somebody, you, you, if you're a coach, you would know. You would kind of, it's something you, as a therapist, you've probably come across as well, Chich. You can instinctively pick out those who will relish pressure, challenge, and that kind of thing in order to drive themselves on. And you'll also recognize the ones who will melt, who, who, yeah. who would, who, if they won't swim, they will sink, um, and maybe need more gentle cajole. I always thought that was Jose's one of Jose's real skills was that ability to. Well, so I think I think in in old, in old money, Tony, what we're talking about here is, and this is the art of management, knowing who you have to challenge and push all the time and yeah. kick, and knowing who you have to put an arm around and encourage and cajole. Yeah, precisely. Wasn't that just, a thing as well? You said, know that. Sorry, do you mind if I just quote what he said yeah. again at the press conference? He said, "The demands of the competition don't wait for you." Wow. No. Yeah, that's quite. So, you know, he could. Can you be do saying, that? Can you do that in the voice of the master? The demands of the competition don't wait for you. Because <laughs> it sounds like it could have been the master saying. It's a bit, bit sinister, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very sinister. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to give you some stats before we kind of really have a, you know, nail our colours to the mast. Uh, it, it, this is this is unheralded in my, in re, well, certainly recent experience, but actually a lot longer than that. We are going to White Hart Lane with Tottenham on top of the fecking table. Uh, you know, they've got 26 points after 10 games. They've won eight, drawn two. Um, and it's just horrendous. It's it's filling me with utter gloom and horrible. And he said they're a contender, as, as Poch. He said yeah, they're yeah. Well, that's what upset everybody, wasn't it? But um, yeah. the thing is, though, how about this? You know, Spurs have beaten Chelsea just once in their last nine. And I reminded Ricky of this, as you know. 
uh, I said, mate, even when we've been absolutely all over the shit, we've still beaten you up there, so shut up. Anyway, we've been, they've beaten us just once in the Premier League in the last nine meetings, drawn six, lost, drawn two, lost six. Uh, and, and Spurs have conceded more home Premier League goals against Chelsea, 51, than any other side in the competition's history. This is delightful, isn't it? Um, and uh, if we win on, or even draw on Monday night, we will deny uh, Postacoglu becoming just the third manager in Premier League history to go unbeaten in his first ever 11 games in the league. That'd be delightful, wouldn't it? Um, apparently, the 13 goals we've scored after 10 Premier League games is, the, is our lowest tally since 2007-8. So that's interesting, although we did go on to finish second that, that year. So um, it's it's going to be tough. You know, Spurs are clearly a decent side with their tails up. But, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, talking to Ricky in opposition view... Um, the, the, you know they have a they have a, a a fear of Chelsea even now we are we have damaged their talk about therapists and stuff we have damaged their psyche collectively he says this is his most unfavorite game of the season he hates playing us because the number of times we've fucked them over when they didn't expect it is it's we've damaged them psychologically so you know well, that we're going to say Chich, last year even though we were playing dreadfully they still expected to lose to us yes exactly and even when we when they opened the scoring they still expected us to yes score against them because they couldn't believe it because that's it's not what they're as you say in their psyche they are second best to us well to turn that around um you know there is the spurs factor you know that we have such a, a brilliant record against them. It, this is the biggest. It's still the the biggest rivalry we have. It's it's the biggest match of the season in some respects. This is the one that the Spurs, uh, the, the Chelsea supporters, want to win most. I shall never forget being at uh, Bournemouth away a few years back when we were. I think it was in the Mourinho Anis Horribilis, and uh, and we we beat we beat Bournemouth, and the entire away end chanted for the last fifteen minutes of the match. Beat fucking Tottenham. You better beat fucking Tottenham. And made it with menace, with real menace to the players. They were left in no doubt, you know, what was expected of them. And there's no difference now. I I, I wonder, I worry a bit maybe, that this new bunch, because this is a relatively new Chelsea team, they're all youngsters, I wonder if they will understand and get it, how important, you know, turning up in this match is Tony well let's look Palmer Mudrick Fernandez, Casido Carl Will Dizarzi and Sanchez will not have faced Spurs at White Hart Lane for us agreed um, I think Gallagher and Sterling might have done um, but um, yeah, there is a worry. Oh, wasn't it that uh, John Terry used to walk into the dressing room and just basically say, we just don't lose to Spurs? Uh, but this is new Chelsea, a bit like new Labour. Um, and uh, all them years ago, and you do wonder whether or not they're, they're up for the fight. Um, I've got my own theory, which is that we play better away from home than we do at home. The pressure seems to be off the players. We've had that problem for, let's face it, three, four seasons now where we seem to be a bit more released when we're away from home. Um, I, I, I sense that the players get that um, some of the you know the fans are getting on their back as they did on Saturday um, 
and whatever the frustration starts to show through when you're you know basically you know panning a team and and just not getting anywhere with it um i think we played better against arsenal than we've played against pretty much anybody this season um it's interesting that we played better against a better team and liverpool um than than, than we've done against some of the allegedly lower teams um i like and this is going to get me in trouble, but I like Ange Postacoglu's attitude. I think he's a refreshing change from the kind of egos they've had there before of, um, you know, Mourinho and uh, uh, and the like, and Conti to a degree, or maybe to a lesser degree than Mourinho. But, um, you know, this guy seems to have a, an almost typically Australian kind of optimism uh, and confidence about him and it may be it is like the Australian cricketers it's sort of like you know I don't know what you mean lose what are you talking about blue um uh and I can't help but it, I've been impressed with him I thought coming down from Celtic which was his first real big club um he might be another Avram Grant at the moment he's proving to be uh somewhat different to that now how long that lasts for I mean the fact that he's got them playing without Harry Kane and my window cleaner uh, Charlie, who comes here, he's uh, a, a, an avid Spurs fan, and he says it's the best. The best thing they did was selling Kane. It's made the team completely different. Whereas before, they were almost like Man United were playing to Ronaldo's tune. When you get that kind of iconic player, so um, you know, I think it's going to be very difficult for our lads. I, 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 on the one hand, I think because Tottenham are in a rich run of form. Um, uh, probably got some more well-established players. Son certainly seems to be very good at leading their line and, and what have you at the moment. Um, Madison, always Madison. thought he was a great player. Son, Wonderful. yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 Madison they bought well with with him. Um, and he's the difference, Tony. I reckon. I think what's Mad- it, is the one Poro is his name or something. Um, I can't remember his fucking name now. But anyway, they look they look like they got a bit more steel about them this season than they've ever had before. Um, I still think that um, the release from Stamford Bridge acts in our favour rather than against us this time. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I've, 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 I've put my prediction in on Predictor League. I know we're going to get around to them in a minute. Um, and my prediction here might be different um, from the Predictor League one. The, 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 the natural pessimism might kick in. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a real tough game to call. Um, but I think... The Brentford game will will be burning into some of those players. You know, they you you could argue we didn't deserve to lose. What we did was we just got a shotgun and shot both fucking feet um, in a game like Villa, like Forest, where we were looking like we weren't really in any trouble up until that point. Um, so I'm hoping that that will be that will be the counterweight to Tottenham's good form. What are you going to go for, me? Uh, on the predictor league, I've gone two one Chelsea. I think in reality, two uh, two or one one. Mm. And and I'll be honest with you, I would take that at the moment. It, it doesn't suit Spurs particularly much, but it doesn't do them. You know, they they wouldn't walk away from that thinking that's you know we 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 spurned three points there. Um, I think they know how dangerous we are. They'll know Pochettino uh, kind of inside out and and his tactical nous and that sort of thing. Um, but they are a fairly free-scoring team at the moment, and and we have been better defensively. Um, and certainly, 
Uh, maybe not so much the first goal we conceded against Brentford, which I thought was a pretty good goal, actually. They worked it well. I mean, the second goal was an utter fucking disaster. Uh, Keystone Cops goal. Um, uh, and that, that was why I, I was fairly critical that, you know, M- Matson lost the ball up at the Brentford end and looked he looked like a good player that Burnley would have. That's what he looked like to me and is what he was last season. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a, a, a feisty draw. Mm, I think that's quite quite sensible, but I shall tell you all what I think in a minute. JK, how's it going to um, go? Um, they haven't got Perisic playing, who's a decent player. They haven't got Segerson, they're all injured. Um, uh, I agree completely that uh, it, it's a completely different kettle of fish because Kane was like a millstone around their neck because they were trying to play to his strengths. I mean, he's a great player, Kane, but... It's it's I think it's it's unleashed them, allowed Son to uh, have a lease of life he didn't have before, because um, he was a bit enthralled to playing with his chum really. But the one big, big uh, um, jack in the box, the the great signing has been Madison, who's been absolutely playing out of his skin, with revealing skills that one could only but guess at. He's a real playmaker, and we should have bought him, but unfortunately he's a bit too old for us. Um, and Kulosevsky is playing very well for them as well. They're, the East has got them playing, you know, very competently. However, they were really bad against Luton. And um, the very fact that they can have a performance like that just gives me hope. Uh, and I think it's going to be quite close as a consequence. Um, and I don't think it's going to be all their own way. And I think they'll be quite cocky about it, even though they do have this psychological problem of thinking they'll lose. I think they're going to think, yeah, we're top of the league. We're going to, and they'll be singing about that a lot. Um, we're going to blow the Blues away. Now, if I think if they score early on, the advantage is that they won't sit back and defend. Um, so, as you say, Chidge, they'll be quite open, which will favour us. Um, but if we do what we get against Arsenal, we, we he had a plan and he, they, they couldn't play, couldn't play against us. And I'm hoping that that's what Poch has got, will have on Saturday. Um but no doubt he will have looked very much at the way that they uh, they set up and the way that they try and... They, I think they play a lot through Madison. There's a lot, still a lot of long balls for Sun to run on run onto because he's very quick. And Hoiberg, however you pronounce his name. I've never understood that. Hodge, Hodgeberg? I've never got it. Hoiberg? Hodgeberg? Anyway, him. him. He's um, uh, he's a decent player. Quite Got a bit of steel in him. Um uh, but yeah, I I uh, I think we could win it, but we have to play the team that you've selected. <laughs> so the pressure's on you, I'm afraid, Judge. Twas ever thus, Jonathan. Twas twas ever thus. So yeah, and I think we'll win two one. Yeah, I really mean... shock everybody, and I'm I'm looking forward to that as a consequence because I we're as I said before, if he plays the three in midfield, they they're getting better and better. But if they do take one of them out, because we had um, Fernandez not playing against Brentford because of his kid, when we had Casido not playing on Wednesday for whatever reason, I have no idea, but he didn't play him. Um, so he'll try and play all of those three. If James plays at fullback, as you said, and is and I suppose you know you give it a go, don't you? And if he plays anywhere near his proper form, um, he's going to cause problems down the right there. And we've got a decent defensive record at the moment. We're decent defence. And we don't give away a silly goal. The goalkeeper throws it out ridiculously. Um, uh, I reckon we've got a very good chance of beating them. 
I can't really add much more to that, and I'm almost in total agreement. I, I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, you know, I, I hear what you say about them them scoring first. Uh, yeah, that might open them up. I, I, I think we need to score first. I really do because I just think I, I don't see enough resilience in our team yet to bounce back if they go behind. Even, even sure, though, yeah. I, even though I agree with what you say. Um, but yeah, if Poch picks my team and plays like I suggest, then I think you know if we harass them, I, I, you know, I watched that um, Luton game up in the pub in Burnley. Yeah, and, me and, too. And and, yeah. and and they were shit. Luton, yeah, Luton hammered them. They were yeah. really unlucky. They got robbed. Should have won it. Yeah, should have won it. Totally yeah. opened them up like a like a can of baked beans, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're half as good as people are saying. I think Arsenal are a much better team than Spurs. You know, I mean, you know, I don't think think really Spurs have played anybody really good yet. So I don't see why we can't. You know, uh, the other thing is that uh, I've been to two away games this season, and Chelsea have won both of them. And the reason I've got a ticket for Monday, I think, is on the basis that Dom said you now have to go to every away game, Chidge. <laughs> because you're clearly a lucky mascot and he texted me this week said chidge i've got you a ticket can you go and i said yes so uh you know hopefully uh i'll be three and oh as they say in america so i'm i'm gonna i'm with you jake i'm gonna go two one but tony equally i could see it being a draw uh equally i could see us getting hammered if it all goes pete tong you know you never know but uh I'm feeling pumped up for it. I'm feeling good, and I'm going to go two-one. So there we go. Let's hope they make it so. Now um, to wrap up the show, kind of nearly, we've got the now legendary game that is played on the Chelsea Fancast with a, a, J, a JK Sting to go with it, which is um, they played for us. No, what's it called? For <laughs> fuck's sake! Take two. They played for both. They played for both. I'm so sorry. They once again. They played for both. Indeed. Hang on. They right. played for both. Okay. Okay. We get it. Right. Uh, you two. This is only you two can play this. I don't get to play this. You can all play this at home if you like as well. Um, I can tell you that Ricky didn't do very well at all. He crashed and burned, and he is his tail is between his legs. Now. There are 38 players that have represented both Chelsea and Spurs during their careers. Who are they? Jimmy Greaves. Hang on. Yes. Bobby Smith. Yes. Um, Les Allen. Yes. Um, Gordon Dury. Yes. Uh, Did he play for them? Yep, yep, well done. Um, Uh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is all they had to say. <laughs> you re- you out already? No, I'm just. They were the three. They were the lot that just came instantly to mind. Because um, I was always intrigued with the fact that the the Spurs double winning side had uh, four che- uh, three Chelsea players in it. Mm. And you've, only, always, and you've, you've only you've terrible. only named one of them. Didn't Terry no, I, I named Les Allen and Bobby Smith. You did. And, okay. Well, who was yeah. the third? Okay, fair I enough. Didn't, oh, didn't your mate... Um, yeah. Venables is a yes, by the way, obviously. Yeah, Jake and Cundy. Yeah. And Clive Allen. Yeah. Um, uh, who was the one... Uh, my mates had to take the 
it, 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 Gus Poyet. He had the he had a framed signed shirt, and then Poyet went to Spurs. <laughs> you, taking it down. He's you got you got the chicken kisser. Uh, so you, yeah. Uh, blimey. Um, you got nine so far. Only another. Really? Yeah. Only another twenty-nine to go. All right. Um. And out of out of that twenty-nine, keep thinking, boys. I think you should get one, two, three, four, five. Who was the 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 bloke? Six, um, seven. I'm going to get him mixed up now. Not Graham Stewart. Um, but Graham. I think you should get at least another nine or ten. Graham Roberts. Yeah, is it Roberts? Well done. I liked him. Tony's doing really well here, J.K. I've done okay. Well, I think, he, I think. I think. Oh, really? So I think it's five all then. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bloody hell! Not fair. <laughs> not picking on me. Yeah. Exactly. So you got ten. Um, only twenty-eight to go. Right, Graham. Roberts. They're doing really well on Mixler, of course. Uh, I can think we had. Um. Didn't we have a couple of their goalkeepers? Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, Christ. I can't remember his fucking name now. He had dark hair. I don't think he appeared for us very often, but he was like a good backup goalkeeper. Um, and, and Green wasn't one of theirs, was he? No. No. Right. Uh, so I hate him. It's, it's, it, it, honestly, he's... Um, Did Caballero play for both? No. I think you are running dry. Neil Sullivan. Well done. You yes, got a reprieve. Well you got a reprieve. Well done. Well done. Right. I'm going to give you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Another, hang on, hang on. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Oh, you bastard. Um, Hoddle. Hoddle. Bloody hell. Well done. Oh, he came in as a fucking player, did play a manager. Fucking hell. Did, did, did Ida play for them at all, ever? Yep. I told him, imagine him in a white shirt for a second. Who did yeah. he else play for? Blackburn. Did he play for Blackburn? I yeah. Bolton. Oh, I know. Bolton. I've got Bolton. one. Yes, I've got one. one. I've got one. Yep. He's um. Uh oh, fucking hell! That he, he managed Fulham. Yes. Scott Parker. Yes. Right. That's well, your lot. Done. That's your lot. Oh, hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Oh, hang on! Check one more. Oh, yeah, but you're looking hell. at the internet, so you know. Enough. Blimey. Enough. I we'll can't. be here all night. Ready? Right. Is it here? This is Gallus. Yes. That's it. Did no Gallus more. play for him? Yeah. Right. Fucking this is it. This is who you didn't get. Okay. You'll kick yourselves on a lot of these because basically the one, the first one I'm going to read out is basically on every week. He's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Dave Besson. Now, I no didn't clue. know. I didn't know that. No uh, clue. And then, uh, I, then we have Johnny Brooks, who I'm reliably informed. I've got no idea who he is, and even even uh, even Nathan hasn't told me who he is. So Johnny Brooks, no idea. Played Bill, in the fifties, I think. Yeah. Played in the... Bill Cartwright played in nineteen oh eight. Sid Castle played in nineteen twenty three. David Copeland played in nineteen oh five to six. Carlo Cudicini. Oh God! Kicking yourselves at that one. Uh, Mark Falco. Well. Oh, yeah, he played briefly as a yeah. sub for us, didn't he? Yeah. Froda Grodus. I mean, as a low, low knee for us. Froda yeah. Grodus. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Augustus Harding, 
Me neither. Nineteen oh seven. I wish. I wish. I wish we had a player called Augustus playing for us now. That's fantastic. I know. Anyway, nineteen oh seven to ten. Uh, Percy Humphreys. Oh, even better, Percy. Nineteen. They called him the Hump. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. Nineteen oh eight to nine. Uh, Jack Kerwin. Who's oh. well? He's famous. You know, I, I've heard of him. He was play. He played for us nineteen oh five to seven. Uh, Colin Lee, anybody? Ah. Oh, disgraceful. Uh, now this is a bit of a new one to me, and uh, not to Nathan though, of course. Buchanan Sharp, what a name! Buchanan Sharp, oh, known as Bucky. Bucky, he was known as 1920 to 23. Bucky Sharp, Sid Tickridge, great name, great name. No idea, I don't even think Nathan's got that one up for me. Uh, Keith Weller. Oh my God, the Leicester man. Yeah, Blimey. did he play for Spurs first? I don't know. Oh, did he? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm that one. I'm I'm confused by. Uh, William Witten. He played for us between twenty three and twenty five. Nineteen twenty three and twenty five. Yeah. Ha- Harry Wilding played for us between nineteen nineteen and nineteen twenty eight. He. Uh, 265 appearances, 26 goals, double military medal winner in World War One. Wow. How about those apples? Clive Wilson. <gasps> yes, that, that's what I was I was thinking about. I was thinking who was a very good midfielder who played for us and played for them yeah. and then went to Queen's Park Rangers yeah. as well. He Came from City, him. didn't he? Yeah. Lovely yeah. bloke too. Met him at some do and he's, he's absolutely lovely. Really lovely yeah. bloke. Uh, Vivian Woodward. 1909 to 1915 116 appearances 34 goals if you don't know who he is shame on you Viv yeah. oh, played Viv. for England of course England's goalkeeper wasn't he yeah. Woody Woody yeah. they called him yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you making this up JK of course of course <laughs> uh, right where I was over la, 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 la. Norman Wood did they call him Woody as well mate they called him Norm they called him Norm fair enough uh, he was a reserve player, 1912 to 1913, killed in action, 28th of July, 1918, commemorated on the Teepvale Memorial. We will visit on Alex's tour. We will have more of that in a minute. Well, good plug. Well done, Nathan. Max Seberg, uh, another reserve player, 1906 to 1908, interred as a German national for a short while at the start of World War One. Who knew? Well, obviously... Nathan did because he does and the last one absolutely threw me I had no idea about this Jude Sunsup Bell oh yeah wow yeah where's he gone now well I don't well I mean I, I'm presuming somebody will tell us on uh, uh, on uh, on Mixler but uh, gone there isn't he gone to Spurs has he gone there or did he come from there I'm, I'm presuming he got, he's he gone, gone there, there. Hasn't he gone there? Yeah, yeah I didn't know. No- Jorgen, Jorgen says that ChatGPT says Grodus did not play for Spurs, but what does it know? Quite right, Jorgen. It's AI. You know, as, as, T- as Cheltel very famously said on this show nearly 15 years ago, it's rubbish because it's not real people with real emotions. Exactly. There we go. The spirit mm. of Cheltel lingers on. Well, boys, you did. You didn't. You, you know, you didn't do badly. You know, because yeah. uh, because. Um, um, I'm having a mind warp here. Ricky, Ricky got four. He got four. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Not bad. Not bad. 
So there we go. Ah, and breathe. Um, now, we just talked about this. Uh, uh, Nathan mentioned uh, that we would be seeing Harry Wilding uh, in uh, France next year. I do do hope we will. Because, Tony, we've got another Chelsea fancast on tour planned where, uh, led by the uh, you know redoubtable Alex Churchill, uh, Andrew Holmes and Johnny Dyer, the Kaiser, uh, who are all also, as well as being massive Chelsea fans, they're all very, very good military historians. And they put on this tour of the Somme and the Ypres battlefields, the Western Front, as it was called. Uh, and they take us around to uh, learn a lot about uh, the First World War, but particularly Chelsea players who were involved in it, like a few of the ones that we just mentioned. Um, and it's brilliant. It's utterly, utterly brilliant. And it's even more brilliant because in the evening we go out to great places and get horribly pissed and have a laugh mm. with, with like-minded, fellow-spirited people, don't we, Tony? We do. And and I've got to say, if we get a repeat of the weather we had last time, then it'll be fantastic because I just, I will never forget the beautiful, how warm, sunny it was. And especially that last night in the, um, in the Ariane Hotel when we just sat outside, cigar, cognac, and people just anecdoting and, and, and storytelling away. And it was just, it was just brilliant. It was, uh, and it was a fascinating place to go. And and uh, Alex, uh, and, I, and I do say it with some bias, but she was absolutely fantastic. And uh, um, and she she got me to stand in the exact spot where Adolf Hitler stood in the, I think it was called the Langkamp Cemetery. Lang- Langemark? Langemark Cemetery, that was it, yeah. Mm. Uh, and... Um, uh, and that knocked me sideways. That did because she, we, she told me to stand there and then showed me the picture of Hitler standing there addressing, I think, what was left of his army, which was basically sixteen-year-olds, as far as I can remember. Because yeah, he visited it in the Second World War, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think he was trying to make a point about the people sacrificing and all this. And then uh, on the last day when we went round Ypres, um, she got me to stand where um, where the king himself stood. Um, to, he went to see his nephew, as I recall, um, who who'd been sadly killed out there. Um, yeah, and it was it was yeah, so it was it was very moving, very interesting, um, uh, but by no means po faced. It it was a mix of everything. You know, we, had, we had a great and, laugh, didn't we? we had a great and, laugh. and it was yeah. really good. And in the evenings, it was just you know just to see people that you 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 really probably only ever see in the pub, and it's all Chelsea talk to be talking about just general stuff you know and 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 listening to those uh, and I've you know those immortal words you know I see your eight percent and I shit on it <laughs> shit. We, they should use that as the promotional video really we should fucking well use it yes I, I, I'm, I will allow them to use my image rights if that's what they want to do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> come to come to the world war one battlefields and shit on Chidge's eight percent yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So um, they're planning this for the 21st to the 24th of June next year, 2024. Prices are around 650 quid, and they include transport to and from France, air-conditioned bus throughout, I uh, hope it's better than the last one, uh, and four-star accommodation with breakfast and bottled water. But most of all, amazing insight. They'll also, if you've got a relative that fought in the World First World War or died over there, they will research it for you and come up with stuff that will blow your mind. So, you know, so do come along. It's uh, go to www.historiatravel.org, I-S-T-O-R-I-A travel.org. 
Um, or, or email us, chelseafancast at gmail.com, and I'll forward it on to you. All right. Well, there's a lovely lad who's done this from Australia who's going to be over in England at the time and he wants to come along. So I'm going to forward, if you're listening to the show tonight, I just haven't got round to it this week, but I will forward it to Alex and she'll get in touch with you and sort it out. So there you go. Righty ho. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Tuesday night, well, there's a reason we're not going to be on on Monday. That's right, we're playing Spurs. So we'll be back on Tuesday uh, with me and JK, obviously. And of course, Dan Silver, the Silves, is back. And probably 7.30, unless we stretch it to 8. We'll see. Um, and of course, we'll be looking back at the match against Spurs. Uh, quick shout out for Patreon. Well done for all of you who joined up. Love Love you to pieces for doing that. If you want to support what we do, uh, then you bung us a few quid every month on Patreon. Uh, and it is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And uh, if you do, you will get a Kerry Dixon banner if you want one, a mini one. Uh, but of course, you'll get to join our Discord group, which is basically like Mixler, which is great fun, 24-7. So there you go. Uh, we didn't do an in off the post this week. We've now got enough emails to do one. There's some crackers. So we'll try and do one next week if I haven't you know, died of exhaustion. Actually, it might be tough. I mean, it might do it on Thursday. We'll see. Uh, but there you go. There's some really good emails, so we need to read them out. If you want your email or any other message by any other social media thing that we're on read out, chelseafancast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can follow the show on all the social media at chelseafancast, at Stampard Bridges me, at Jonathan Kidd is him, and at Grocer Jack UK is also him, but a different him, if you see what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> right. Tony, lovely to see you, mate, as always. Fantastic, mate. And a lovely way to spend a Friday evening. Mm. So, look, it's been great to see you as always. Have fun at the yeah, weekend. And, and you. Enjoy the game on Monday, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kidd, uh, yeah. delightful to see you and have your company oh, this you. evening. So, so delightful. Thank you very much. I yes. look forward to chatting about the game on Tuesday. Well, I might see you on Monday. Oh, that would be lovely. You never know. Randomly, I might finally end up near you at an away ground. It's unlikely. It's never happened yet. Well, that's because you probably you're sitting with all the posh posh people you go with. You see, and you're... I'm not. I, I swap. I always swap with Tim. Do swap you? Yeah. Well, this is why you end up sitting with all the reprobates on yeah. on the bugle <laughs> on the bugle who nick on your program, yeah. who sing sing the Kaloo song really quickly. Yeah, they're going to make <laughs> a song about you. Yeah. <laughs> what would that be? Um. We love Johnny Kidd, but he hates the bugle. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll work on it. Needs a bit of work. Thank you. That would be lovely. Uh, I'll, I'll have it ready for your Monday evening. Thank um, you very much. I'd be lovely if I ended up sitting near you, because I don't know where I'm sitting. I'm not next to Dom. He's a bit worried now, because having decided I was his lucky mascot, he's realised I am not. I won't be sitting next to him, so he's a bit worried. So I might have to manufacture that so I do sit next to him so that we win. Anyway, have a great time. I know you will. Uh, I know I will. Whatever happens, it's it's great fun going up there. So uh, there we go. Right. You like Mixler. As always, you've been Class A fantastic. No doubt about it. Thank you for listening. See you on Tuesday. That's the polite version. Until well then, done. I did. I know. I thought about that. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.